0: Hello and welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I'm your host, Tal. I have William with me here, and this is part three, the finale of our Friday the 13th horror movie Marathon Binge, whatever the fuck we want to call it. I thought part four
1: was the final chapter.
0: Uh no, it's part three, William. <laughs> Well, they, wanted,
1: they did one part for you to be the last one at one point. That's why Pamela shows up at the end, but then the movie made money.
0: Right, exactly. Well, you know what, William? We have more restraint than Friday the 13th producers, so... We're you just... say
1: that, but it's been 14
0: years. That's true, that's true. We'll probably be back, but that's besides the point, William... I'm very tired, so I figured we might as well just get right into it. Uh, I have my Friday the 13th mug with me right here that I got from Spirit Halloween a couple weeks ago. It's got hot chocolate. Uh, it's very delicious. Is it the, uh, very good.
1: Is it like the camping mug, solid one?
0: Uh, it's like a very big mug. It says Friday the 13th, and then it has uh, Jason's mask printed on it. Apparently, it's upside down. <laughs> I don't know if that's the point or if it was a uh, printing error. Either way, it's funny, so I love it. <laughs>
1: I, have a, I have one I got from, like, Walmart, like, two or three years ago that has, like, the hockey mask and, like, two, double machetes, like a skull and crossbones thing.
0: There you go. There you go. That's nice.
1: So, anyway, we're here to talk about the final act of the Five the Four Team series, also known as the Jason series, technically.
0: This is the era I like to call the the what-the-fuck era because it's just kind of all over the place. Uh, (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's all because they really just wanted to make one specific movie, but that movie took 10 years to figure out what to do. It took 10 years to make! This was the New Line era, so Paramount is no longer... I say that, but then uh, we get to part the 2009 remake, I'm like, wait, Paramount did produce this one? (laughs) But it's owned by Warner Brothers. Uh, but yeah, this man. was, this was after Paramount sold the rights to, I guess they sold it to Sean from what I've been looking seeing and mm-hmm. Sean went to new line. Cause he wanted to do Freddy versus Jason.
0: Right. Right.
1: But then while they were working on that at one point, Wes, Cra- Wes Craven came back to new line and said, I want to make a Freddy movie again. So then they made new nightmare in 94. So since they had to wait till after that to do Freddy versus Jason, They said, well, I guess we'll make a Jason in the meantime. So it went to Jason Goes to Hell. And you can tell they did not want to make the movie.
0: No, no. So, yeah, I'm glad we were starting things off with Jason Goes to Hell um, because, man, what a film.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think this is a spoiler to say that generally speaking, most people put this at the very bottom.
0: I put this at the very bottom. Yeah. I no. also
1: put this at the very bottom. We'll get out of all, to
0: that now. Yeah, out of all the movies from and even even though the next 3 after this one are kind of messy in their own right, I there's something about this one that's just straight up just wow. Like you failed on all fronts movie. <laughs> like see that's the thing. I'm not gonna say that like the first eight Friday the thirteenths were masterpieces. Obviously, we haven't been saying that. But like even at their worst, there was some understanding of how to make a movie, you know? Like the they weren't made by guys in their early twenties who were just straight up horror fans. That's kind of the vibe I get from this movie.
1: You know, how did he get the gig? Let me see if they br- bring up how he came on.
0: I really want to know this because, yeah, so I heard that before even watching this movie, I had heard that director Adam Marcus was, like, really young when he made it. And I looked at I looked it up, you know, th- if my math is correct, the dude was, like, 24, 25 when he made the movie, which is kind of young to be helming part nine of a major series don't you think
1: like when i hear that like i think of like in john Carpenter's the thing the guy who did the effects for that movie is younger than us he's like 22 or something we did the effects in there right but that's also not directing to be fair
0: right and i'm not saying that you can't be young and make something amazing sam raimi was 21 when he made uh the evil dead Like The example I bring up in my review is um, Orson Welles was like 25 when he made Citizen Kane. What I'm saying is the fact that Jason Goes to Hell ended up the way it is, I kind of attribute that to the fact that the guy who made it was my age. And this is exactly the kind of movie I probably would make had I been given a budget of millions of dollars and I was able to do whatever the fuck I wanted with Friday the thirteenth.
2: Boy, I got
1: a quote now.
0: Okay, okay, please. Yeah.
1: It's a paragraph, but I think it's fine. No from please. Ad- from Adam Marcus, director of Jason Goes to Hell. I went to NYU film school and I was finishing and as I was finishing I got two job offers. One's right for TV and the other was to come out and be Sean's slave for a year and he give me my break. So I started working for Sean and he had brought out with me a script my friend Dean Laurie had written called Johnny Zombie, which later became My Boyfriend's Back. Dean wanted me to direct, but the film got set up at Disney. And when it became a bigger movie, they wanted a different director on it. So I turned to Sean and said, come on, give me a movie. And he said, well, New wants another Jason movie. Now, I'll be honest. I was like, oh, no, come on, Sean. I want a career. And I think that line kind of says it all, doesn't it? There's Come so many on, quo- there's so many quotes in this section from him that basically just read like he genuinely does not understand the series or why people are upset.
0: I mean,
1: like there's several times when he's like talking about like his choices. He's like people don't want the just the same thing of Jason in the woods killing people. No one wants that again. That is literally exactly what everyone wanted
0: yeah well here's the thing it's like okay if you're gonna do something different that's fine but what you did was stupid yeah Yeah. what you did was what you did sucks like so (laughs) first off i want to just let's establish this by saying the very so i put the disc in for jason goes to hell this is still the same shout factory box set that we're still using i put the disc in and at the menu i press play and it says play like director intro and i'm like I'm sorry, there's a director intro. Yeah, only for so, this
1: one and Jason X for some reason.
0: I don't know why, but okay. And so, they're not very
1: long intros either, so it's like, no, what was the point?
0: Yeah, So, so one, it's the unrated cut. Two, it has a director intro. I watched the director intro, and it's of Adam Marcus, the director, and he's thanking me for buying this movie, which he quoted saying, is probably the fourth version of the movie I own. Which, to be
1: fair, for Friday the First Team fans, that is absolutely true. But right. for someone who just bought the box for the first time ever, no.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, as a as a complete outsider going into this movie, I'm like, uh, did I miss something? W- was that a joke? Was that supposed to be funny? Cause like what what does that mean? Like, are uh, you the, saying that?
1: The bit is that horror fans will buy anything.
0: Sure. That that's just
1: a true <laughs> statement.
0: Yeah. Uh, why was, do you think was...
1: so much physical media that comes out these days is horror? That's why.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it was ju- it was just really strange. Um, but I mean, the strangeness didn't stop there because then I had to watch the actual movie. <laughs> I will give him
1: credit though, because I you noticed yesterday. Uh, yesterday, I got the uh, for the reissue, of the four K steelbook of the original movie that was at Best mm. Buy. Which yeah. it's the four K disc that came out a year or so ago in the uh, Blu-ray steelbook that came out like two years ago with the a brand new slipcover that is using artwork from the Waxworks Records album art from 10 years ago. It's also my fourth copy of the movie, technically.
0: Oh, so...
1: <laughs> so, oh.
0: Um, proof
1: to what he was saying.
0: All right, I'll give him that. But still you know what, he made Jason Goes to Hell, he gets no respect for me. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: say my favorite scene in the movie is right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think that might be the best part of the movie.
0: Well, because it's the part that feels the most like a Friday the 13th movie.
1: Oh, not even just for that, but just the fact that it opens with them saying, "Let's fucking, the military finally gets involved and just blows him the fuck up.
0: Now, that's funny. I will admit, I like the idea that like, you know, they set up this bait for Jason to come in and like uh, kill this random woman taking a bath. But it turns out it was just a sting operation, but from the FBI to take down Jason Voorhees. Now, first of all, cool idea for maybe a series that kind of established Jason as like a known threat, like the first eight movies Had like there was there were characters who had no idea who Jason Voorhees was, and then all of a sudden in nine, everybody knows who he is. Like he's like this national phenomenon, like this national serial killer that people know about. It's like where is this coming from? Like this makes no sense. But you know what? I mean, logically,
1: if there's a guy who's killed two hundred people, it would be national news. It's just that's more of an issue with the other movies than this one. Sure, still.
0: Still, now good. Now, granted, yes, I like when Jason blows up. W- when Jason goes boom, me likey. It was very fun. Um, I do like and I the li-
1: actual design they came up with. Jason's so He's just like literally riding away. The mask is getting like absorbed
0: into his skin. That's cool. That's a cool detail. Again, though, it doesn't make any sense from the last movie where he turned back into a child. But uh, yeah, forget uh, about uh, it. Uh, uh, forget about it. Once again, the um,
1: answer is don't worry about it.
0: Yeah. Now, I do also like the scene of the coroner, like, you know, when they bring in Jason's remains and, like, the coroner's going through, like, everything and, the, you know, they're doing it, they're cutting it in between the credits, and it's really cool. I love the line where the coroner says where he goes, in my professional opinion, this guy's deader than shit. And then immediately he's just like, uh, strike that, that from, from the record. record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's funny. And then um, he devours Jason's
1: heart for some reason.
0: Now, <laughs> that's the, that's... <sighs> So here's where the problems really start. So first of all,
1: it's called Jason goes to hell and Jason is barely in the movie.
0: Jason's barely in the movie. Well, so I'll give the movie some semblance of credit with that because their excuse for not having Jason, the Jason we see with the hockey mask and the big hulking guy, you know, their excuse is that, Oh, Jason is like pure evil. And like, he can just go into different people's bodies and, possess them and it's like okay so that's the jason we see quote-unquote okay that's kind of cool
1: now how does this explain part two three four five six seven and eight well
0: yeah why is he all of a sudden doing this like
1: the problem with mm -hmm. this movie is that is trying to now establish lore and explain everything by introducing brand new elements that don't have any correlation to anything else.
0: Exactly. You want to know what happens at the beginning. So you know there's that coroner who devours Jason's heart like it's fucking barbecue ribs. Um, um and so and so then the and so then his assistant comes walking in. And you know how you know how that assistant is just like bragging about like taking a shit on Jason's corpse. You don't know you want to know who that guy that guy really is. Who? He's the movie's writer. So, the joke just writes itself there. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Now, here's my question. Do you think they were doing that on purpose? Or are they so stupid that they did it unintentionally?
1: Fucking, I don't know. Uh, Let me look up if it says anything from the screenwriter. (laughs) because when they first start talking they usually credit it as a screenwriter
0: right exactly
1: uh dean laurie i watched sean before he was always saying that he wasn't going to do another Friday for team unless he could do something different with it there were eight movies okay that's another thing to point out is that they also marketed sean cunningham coming back to this like it was a big deal he didn't direct the movie he just produced it
0: Yeah, he just produced it and he gave it to these kids essentially to like do something with it.
1: Yeah. So it's like, it's like how Steven Spielberg presents Joe Dante's Gremlins.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or Steven Spielberg presents Robert Zemeckis' Back to the Future. It's like,
1: Steven Spielberg directed Ready Player One. Wait, what?
0: (laughs) All you got us that one time. That one time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, now, look, again, there are some cool things in this movie. Like, there is that shot where, like, uh, so the coroner passes by a mirror and you see Jason, like, in the mirror, you know, uh, implying that Jason has possessed the coroner. That's, and that's cool. That's, that's something you cool. should do more with. Like, I can yeah. uh,
1: picture, like, a really cool scene because it is established later on that the other characters can see that. Yes. So, like, use that. Like, imagine, like, a scene, like, a hall of mirrors or something. We have, like, the like, a group of people, you don't know what Jason is, and then you see the one guy standing there, and you just see a bunch of Jasons around.
0: Mm. Do something
1: cool like that.
0: That could be really they cool, They do, like, yeah.
1: two scenes of Jason in the mirror, and that's it.
0: Yeah, exactly. They only do, like, yeah, exactly. Just two scenes. And then we have the rest of the movie. So, now, so, okay. So, Jason is now a, a possessing salamander snake thing that, uh even though the coroner eats his heart and that's how he possesses him. But, like, how did the coroner know to eat the heart? Like, why would he do that if he wasn't yeah, possessed yet? this
1: is very much a how-do-you-know-that kind of movie. I so, think the biggest example being a brand-new character to the series, bounty hunter
0: Creighton Duke. Now, so, yeah, so we're introduced to Creighton Duke because some show, like, some, like, news show is just like, oh, welcome to... American serial killer, or something like that. I'm your host, Dick, whoever the fuck. And I'm here with Creighton Duke, a uh, quote unquote expert on Jason lore. It's like, oh, hi, where have you been? Like, who are you? Like, why are you in? See, okay, I- I'll give the movie this. It's not entirely the movie's fault because Friday the 13th has never really been about having consistent side characters, you know? Like, In Halloween, you had Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode or like Dr. Loomis, or you had somebody related to the Strodes to like kind of keep it consistent. So you understand why these characters know things about Michael Myers. It doesn't automatically make the movies good, but I can understand why we're following them along and why these characters know things about Michael Here. There's not a single side character that remains consistent in the Friday the Thirteenth series. Like, well, so, there was, but he's not in them anymore. Right. So now you just have random characters coming up and being like, "I know how to defeat Jason." It's like, uh, okay, why? Now, I'll also give the idea of Creighton Duke. First of all, Creighton Duke, great name, great character introduction. Like, he seems like a really cool character. That's also wasted, but you we know, don't. We'll talk about that later. Um. I like the idea of this bounty hunter having like the idea that he can just defeat Jason because he's this cool bounty hunter. He's like, yeah, I'll I'll kill him. Like he's essentially the Robert Shaw Quint character from Jaws, where let's just like, I'll I'll get your shark and I'll clean him for free. But the movie makes it. Uh, he is not also... the main
1: character. He's just a side character.
0: Well, he's not the main character, but then the movie also s- gives him exposition on Jason being this like pure evil entity. And it's like, okay, how, how do, you do you know, know that? that? How do you know that? Like just make him a bounty hunter character that just wants to kill Jason. Like that's it. Nothing or you do more than the thing than that. that the Puss in Boots
1: movie do of Humpty Dumpty.
0: Yeah. Just cut yeah, back to the, all the
1: other movies and just Creten Duke is standing there somewhere.
0: That could be fun. Also, like, apparently,
1: uh, I have the book open here. <coughs> apparently, the whole reason why he's dressed like a cowboy, uh, that's just because the actor wanted to be a cowboy.
0: So so this is just like a demon in part five. Like, they just let the the actor come up with the character.
1: <laughs> like, he says here, i got an audition for you. It's Friday the 13th. I read the script, and it's it was a bounty hunter. And to me, this guy was a stone-cold cowboy. I said, if I can dress like a cowboy, I'll do the role. So that's the only reason he's a cowboy because the actor wanted to be a cowboy.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so we've established Creighton Duke. It's like okay, so we have this character. Is he the main character? No, no, the so main then- character
1: is actually. And I do need to like bring this up now because this is something that I deliberately didn't mention until now because it's relevant.
0: Sure, go ahead.
1: Uh, throughout the mid, the late '80s, how were you aware of the Friday the 13th? TV series. The what? (laughs) Well, you didn't know about the Friday the 13th TV series that Paramount did in the late 80s?
0: William, don't gaslight me.
1: (laughs) This is relevant because the main character, the actor for the main character, was actually one of the leads in the Friday the 13th TV series. Look it up. Uh.
0: Uh yeah. You uh, didn't know about that one, did you? No, I didn't. What the <laughs> fuck do you mean there is a series? What I just what what What, what do you make a series of? Like Here's a
1: f- Okay, it's Friday the 13th in name only. It's a horror series by Paramount that uses the name. It's actually about like a pe- group of people that run this cursed antique store where they have to like return cursed artifacts. So it's like infology horror. With the with a recurring cast of characters. So what the pl- it,
0: what the plan for Halloween was was making it a, an anthology thing, before it. Be- this was
1: this was well. Freddy Krueger just got a TV show. Let's do one for Friday the 13th.
0: Okay. Did Jason, I just brought up the fact? Did Jason? No, Jason's play a part? not in the
1: series at all. Jason's not in the series at all. It's just using the logo, baby.
0: Okay. But the point is that the
1: the actor that was from that series graduate into one of the actual movies. So now he's the guy in the varsity jacket in this movie.
0: Did he play the same character? Nope. But yeah, you know, you know, I just wanted
1: to bring up to you that there was a Friday the 13th <laughs> TV series.
0: That makes me so mad for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> cause, cause you know what? This scene where we're introduced to the main character, I need to dissect. So first of all, it's so oh, the- you
1: dissected like the coroner did.
0: Yeah, I need to dissect it because it is everything wrong with the movie. So first up, the movie the the scene starts off where like uh, a waitress is watching the TV program uh, like in the back of the restaurant, and then she looks horri- She looks like slightly horrified, um, and you think like, oh, okay, it's just a random waitress uh, just watching the TV and just being horrified by the fact that Jason may or n- may not be out and about or whatever. Um, then it then she goes out to, like, you know, be a waitress, like out in the restaurant and Creighton Duke is there randomly like, I, OK, he's there now. And so then he starts talking to her and like heavily implying that she's very important, even though the scene didn't establish that. Like, we have no idea who this lady is. William, you want to tell the audience who this lady is?
1: Oh, uh, the, the waitress in the mo- beginning of the movie?
0: Yeah, you want to know so, like, what, you, what you part do, like, she plays?
1: Yeah, it's, it's the role of the, the all-important character of Diana Voorhees.
0: Jason's sister.
1: Yeah, you know, the Jason's sister that we didn't know about until right now.
0: Yeah, remember her?
1: So I was only half paying attention when we were talking about that because I was reading this quote from one of the people in the movie that said that, amounts that Adam Marcus is actually short. <laughs> Uh, Adam Marcus wore lifts in his shoes, I'll tell you that, because he's short. And I only know that because I was in the wardrobe room and I was like, whose high heels are these that don't look like high heels? And they're like, Shh, he thinks he's tall though. He would be like, I'm 5'10, and I'm like, Honey, you're five
0: Oh no, Adam. <laughs> you're making your you're you're making yourself look worse by doing that. <laughs> My man. But anyway, back to the dissection. So Diana is, like, this character we've never met before. We don't even know that she's the sister of Jason yet, but, you know, because the movie doesn't feel like revealing that yet. Because, you know, when a movie withholds information and it's revealed later on, that's called good storytelling. So, anyway, then she's just like, Creighton, I'm not important, like, get out of here. And then some, like, other random cop, like, comes over and arrests Creighton for... I don't know, being a nuisance, even though he didn't do anything, but whatever he's been, he's arrested now. And so then Diana goes over to this character on the, at the bar and just starts spewing all this information to him. And I'm like, why are you talking to this random extra? Oh, wait, that's the main character of the movie. The movie does such a terrible job at establishing that Steve is the main character. I genuinely thought he was just a background extra. Like you weren't supposed to pay attention to him. Like, like, that's how bad the movie is. Okay? Not only is it does it not understand Friday the 13th because it makes Jason this like evil entity slug that can just infect people. It doesn't know how to tell a story properly. Almost like this movie was directed by a guy who's 24 fucking years old.
1: It's also like people will make the comparison that because because this is the first new line film that a lot of it feels more Freddy than Jason because Freddy's kind of done some similar things in his own movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any Elm Street blood in here other than that. So it's mostly just coincidence. Yeah. But yeah, it really just feels like, well, they finally got Jason and, uh, they're doing not Jason with him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
1: To the point where like, since Jason's the actual Jason's barely in the movie, uh, the role they had to give Kane Hodder real quick is uh, when the reg- the one gu- of the guys guarding the corner room. Uh, yeah, the guy the with gu- the mullet. Yeah, the guy pussy. Uh, that yeah. is, that is a uh, Kane Hodder.
0: <laughs> that was cool. I like that. It's just <laughs> it's
1: kind of funny that like Kane Hodder yeah. gets to say, "Yeah, Jason's dead as shit," and then immediately dies from
0: Jason. So yeah. in a way,
1: he killed himself.
0: Yeah, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, do we want to talk about the actual scene at Camp Crystal Lake where a bunch of teenagers go to camp there? Because they're like, hey, Jason's dead. We can camp there now, which I'll give the movie that. Realistically, yeah, there would be people after a serial killer is gone. They could just be like, oh, we can go camping now then. It's like, OK, kind of cool. That makes sense why they're there. Um, I need to double check. but I think it said you know that,
1: that that area, too, wasn't even originally in the movie that they added it after like a test screening or something.
0: Oh, my God. So that was literally just put in there
1: to be, like, an actual Friday the 13th movie.
0: Oh, my God. Are you fucking serious? Oh,
1: my God.
0: Oh, I love this movie. It's so good.
1: (laughs) Uh, After the first test training, the audience went in more of the traditional Friday the 13th campground sex and slash stuff, and so did Newline. I was very against that, and so was Dean. Because the only problem I've had with the mythology of Friday the 13 films is this constant thing that anyone who does drugs or has sex should die. That's a very puritanical vision.
0: It's a movie, you fucking idiot.
1: <laughs> but when but we were given our marching orders, and what we shot is something I'm willing to live with because we tried to twist conventions back around in a more positive way. I oh wanted to get God. as many guys naked as women.
0: Oh my. God. Marching orders. Are you high? What are you talking about? Yeah, that
1: that stuff. That scene only exists because they said, "Guys, come on, it's Friday the 13th. You need to have at least one of these in here."
0: I that. (laughs) (laughs) You mean to tell me that the one scene with Tony the Wonder Llama was added after the fact? Yeah, yeah. Let me explain. There's a scene where a couple is having sex and the guy just randomly goes, you think you're ready for Tony the Wonder Llama? What the fuck does that even mean, Tony the Wonder Llama?
1: <laughs> I-, I think that means his dick.
0: How hairy is your dick, my guy? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, I'll give them credit. The part where the
1: girl gets split in half? That's great.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's one of the best kills in the movie. Again, added... After After the the fact fact. after the fact Yeah I Oh God it's oh my goodness. Okay. Oh, we haven't even gotten to the part where Jason like finds uh so he so because you know Jason can't exist long in 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 a human body because it like withers away again didn't stop him the first eight movies, but whatever. He, he needs to find different uh people to uh, fucking possess and kill people. So he finds a random ass cop, finds him, and uh, th- this is when I was like, okay, I know for a fact this movie gets everything wrong because, first of all, Jason straps down this dude before killing him. And I'm like, Jason does not torture people. Jason goes right for the kill. He does not... Yeah play play around with people he does not torture them he goes right for killing somebody so it automatically does he doesn't
1: do that in the rest of the movie either
0: well actually he does because later on not to jump ahead but like during the climax when he's fighting Steve he's just whacking Steve with this like metal pipe and it's like alright dude like that's not Jason Jason would go right for stabbing Steve like right in the chest with the metal pipe he wouldn't be like hitting him around to like you know piss him off like he'd go right for the kill is the thing and it's like he never does this in any other movie. Jason does not torture people. He does not play around with people. He well, it's not right like the for the body parts
1: specifically.
0: I I understand why they do it here because Adam Marcus is a fucking moron and doesn't understand Friday the Thirteenth. Like I'm, I only started watching these movies this year, and it seems I understand more Friday the Thirteenth more than he does. I you watched them within a month. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, he does the torturing at the Voorhees estate. Remember the fucking mansion that the Voorhees had? Yeah, Remember you know, Pamela's
1: that? fucking mansion.
0: Yeah, they were rich. Uh, there's a fucking house that... Oh, oh God. Oh, God. It's. <laughs> How about the fact
1: that the Voorhees estate also has the fucking Necronomicon in it?
0: Let's get right to that. Yes.
1: Implying that they use the Necronomicon for something.
0: So, you... This brings our Evil Dead episode full circle from last year. I mean, not only are we probably putting this episode out the same day that we put the Evil Dead episode out, that being Halloween, but, like... The fact that you brought up the fact that the Necronomicon shows up and Jason goes to hell, and you know this was a year ago. Me, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I don't, I don't really understand the implica- implications of that. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking this was like similar to like when. I don't know. Maybe I made this comparison back then. I it's I haven't listened to the episode in a while, but I made the comparison. Oh, the Necronomicon shows up. So it's kind of like, you know, when an alien head is in the background of Predator 2. Like, you know, it's an Easter egg. It's like, oh, isn't that funny? That means they're like in the same universe now. No. no, this
1: is the main character picks it up and flips through it, implying that it has legitimate significance in the plot of it, meaning that it's actually implied that when Pamela brought Jason back to life the first time, she used a Necronomicon Ex Mortis, meaning that Jason has actually been a deadite this entire time.
0: Kind of a lot to drop on us? Like, wh- what? Like, the- where did this come from? Did it the- come from... <laughs>
1: <laughs> because okay technically speaking the whole reason it's actually in the movie is because they were like friends of one of the prop guys or something from Evil Dead but still yeah. the fact that he directly picks it up and calls attention to it
0: that's and, not how you make a reference in a movie and like, also
1: uh because I brought this the existence of these up uh they wanted to make a sequel to Freddie versus there were ideas for sequels of Freddie versus Jason that didn't get made, but one of them was actually going to be a, a d- additional crossover of evil dead. And while the movie didn't happen, they did make official comic series for that. Right. Basically confirm what that is.
0: Right. But again, that's not how you reference something in a movie. Like, right. You don't, you don't draw attention to it you that is exactly the problem with that fucking clock scene in pinocchio 2022 where they just like put all the disney references in the foreground it's like no that's not what you do references are supposed to be in the background so you know what you put the fucking necronomicon like on a shelf and you don't draw any attention to it that's the point that oh my god adam what are you doing
1: now let's just say Jason's a deadite for some reason. Also, why do deadites need a body swap?
0: Why? That was never established. Um, so then, uh, oh god, there's just so much. What else do I want to talk uh, about? Uh, I
1: mean, if you want to do a, if we want to do a positive quick, we can talk about the uh, body melting effect.
0: The body melting effect is well fucking done. I yeah. yeah no, the effects in this movie are very well done. I will admit. Like, yeah,
1: like they might be some of the best effects in the series, which is unfortunate because it's this movie. <laughs>
0: because it's this movie. Like, yeah. As broken as the story seems, at least the effects like look really cool. Like, yeah, when that one cop who was possessed by Jason is just like melting away because Jason has infected what was it, Richard Campbell. That's the oh yeah. That's the guy uh is that's the guy who is um uh the host of the horror show that's like, you know, making a story on Jason. He's also the yeah, he's, uh, husband. fucking his
1: girlfriend or something.
0: He's also the husband of uh, the girl who's Jason's niece. Yeah, so not only is there Jason's sister who was never established, but he has a niece and a great niece because the niece had a child. and apparently the th- these are the only people in the universe who can kill Jason even though there are three movies after this one. But uh, but also, like... he
1: needs them alive to swap with the bodies, except they don't need them alive.
0: Uh, they're just making this up as they go along. Which
1: brings up the question of, why didn't Jason just immediately swap with Diana in the beginning of the movie?
0: Yeah, why was he trying to kill her at that one scene?
1: I mean, even then, like if it doesn't need to be alive when you to do the body swap, then why didn't you just immediately body swap with her after you killed her?
0: and why are these why are there rules like where are these rules coming from why are we learning about remember this now
1: remember how you can't feed jason after midnight it's a bad I thing g- to do
0: <laughs> you shouldn't do that <laughs>
1: don't get jason wet wait a minute
0: oh my god he's
1: always wet
0: <laughs> he's always wet oh no <laughs> um Oh, God, there's just so much. Uh, There's so much. There's so much little things like the fact that the the scene that introduces the fact that Richard Campbell, the fucking dickhead host of the show, is married to uh, Jason's niece. You don't even really know who that is because the movie does a terrible job at like showing him like he just looks like some white guy. But the the uh, niece is just like, yeah, you'll never guess who I'm married to, mom. And I'm like. I actually don't know who that is. Who is that? And it's like, oh, it's the guy from the beginning. Also the he also has like a subplot that goes nowhere where like he wanted to f- fake out like so so Diana dies, he brings yeah. her he kidnaps her body, puts it in Jason's mansion that exists and the plan is he's supposed to find it and that'll make his ratings go up. Is, am I getting that correct? Something like that. Something like that. Why is this established in the exact same scene? It's introduced, and then the guy dies.
1: Uh, What was the point?
0: Because Jason. Because Jason. And yeah. Now, now which point?
1: Then why didn't Jason find the body that was already there? Why?
0: I guess. How did Pamela have money? How did? Yeah. It's really melting my mind, melting like the melting man in this movie. That I have to like rationalize what happens in this movie. Um, uh, there's the scene where, uh, Stephen finds everything out in the jail cell with, uh, Creighton Duke. And the way Creighton Duke tells him is by breaking his fingers. Why? I don't know. Um, is it, is that ever explained like in the, mo- like in the book? Like, is there a reason why they broke his fingers? Even though the rest of the movie, he doesn't treat him like his fingers have been broken.
1: Oh, uh, with, with Creighton Duke. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it was because it was supposed to be funny.
0: Oh, well, I forgot to laugh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, the '90s were a rough time for horror movies. That, before Scream, <laughs> <laughs>
0: they really were.
1: Like, here's a f- like Jason goes to hell. Was not did not do very well for the rest generally, but it was also mm-hmm. the highest-grossing horror movie of the year.
0: 1993? <sighs> like yeah. What else came out that year? Oh. I mean,
1: if you want to cheat and call Jurassic Park a horror movie, sure. I mean,
0: it has horror elements to it. Um, yeah. Wow. That's sad. <laughs> I, I, I just
1: want to read a quote from Sean Cunningham now. For yeah. me, it was way past an embarrassment. I didn't know it when we started, but the body morphing plot, it was a dismal idea. It's a complete fool's errand. If you were with the the series, you'd say, how can you fuck it up? You can't. Adam came to me and said, the last thing the fans want to see is Jason going through Camp Crystal Lake chopping up teenagers again. Of course, it was the only thing they wanted to see.
0: Oh, my God. I
1: just Uh, A quote from David Hanman. I don't remember who that is, but a quote from David Hanman. I had fun doing it, but I don't know what it's about. I still couldn't tell you.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I still don't know what it's about because the movie does such a terrible job at establishing it. It's almost like it was directed by a 24-year-old. Do, uh,
1: also, a fun fact, uh, the uh, ending scene that we saw was also like not what they actually wanted to do. So The, the way that Jason gets pulled into hell, if you want to skip okay. ahead real quick. Uh, um, there was actually yeah. there was actually like, a different thing they wanted to do that was kind of more similar to, like Evil Dead where like a bunch of tree demons or whatever show up and pull him down. It was a lot longer. There was is, like stop motion stuff involved.
0: Is Adam Marcus just like a huge Evil Dead fan and just wanted to make an Evil Dead movie? Maybe. Like okay, like I I, I understand, dude. You might be a huge fan of Evil Dead. That's fine. But like actually relegate that stuff to references in the movie not in the foreground pretending it's what friday the 13th is like there's a difference between friday the 13th and evil dead i don't know if you know that but there is a huge difference
1: you you say that but there's like there's also a huge difference between friday the 13th texas chainsaw and halloween and yet for whatever reason the people that made the new halloween and texas chainsaw movies just try to turn to friday the 13th uh,
0: are they stupid? Yes. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess that's, that's that, yeah.
1: Remember what the plot of the new 2022 Texas Chainsaw Massacre was? It was G- that the, G- masked, gentrification? The, uh, the masked killer's mother was killed while the masked killer saw it happen, so he gets revenge on all the teenagers, and it ends with him jumping out of a lake.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <sighs> oh... Where'd, the, where'd they get the line, try anything and you're canceled, bro? Was that ever in a Friday the 13th movie? Not yet. <laughs> nah. Oh, don't say
1: that. <laughs> just get Adam Marcus to do it, it'll be fine.
0: Yeah, oh, he knows everything. <laughs> like, oh, before we get to the climax, actually, I just want to mention another oh, yeah. uh, reference, that being the Creep Show reference the movie makes.
1: That I did not catch.
0: Yeah, so, fun fact, well... Fun fact, fun in quotations, there's a reference to Creepshow. Now, for those of you who've seen Creepshow, there's that uh, segment called The Crate. Uh, you know, that's the one where... The giant
1: monkey f- demon.
0: The giant monkey demon. Uh, uh, the
1: guy with his bitch wife.
0: The guy with his bitch wife, yeah. So in The Crate, the crate, uh, there's like a giant monkey demon in there. Uh, in this movie, the same exact crate is in the b- basement of uh, the Voorhees mansion. Now, again... Neat detail, but again, it's more than just a detail. The movie active, the camera actively like pans by it and like focuses in on the crate before panning over to like Jason. No, what was it? Was like Diana's body like on the basement floor? It's like okay, again. I mean, it's a little subtler than just having the main character pick up the fucking Necronomicon, but it's like again like put it more so in the background like i don't want to read what it says on the crate so then i know it's a creep show reference like i should be figuring this shit out like years later not immediately on my first watch it's oh god it's like oh how in the uh, 2005
1: king kong uh they have uh, one of the crates in the, on the ship in the background is like the sumatran rat monkey thing from uh brain dead but that's a that's a subtle reference because it's just there and not everyone I don't knows what brain it
0: is. Yeah, exactly. That's something I should look up later, or I should catch on like my second or third viewing of King Kong two thousand and five. But like, not. Oh god. Yeah.
1: The answer it's, is that Peter Jackson knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah, shocking, uh, amazing, really. Oh. Uh, god. If we were
1: talking my own story right now, and I, I would have a Peter Jackson connection to make right now, but I don't.
0: Oh. Not yet, or...
1: Well, technically, uh, for Jason X, we technically could, because uh, Jason X was shot in, like, 2000, but didn't get released until, like, 2002, because Par- New Line had their hands full <coughs> with Lord of the Rings. Oh, well, there you go. So, uh, Jason X was delayed two years because of Peter Jackson. Something like that.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Jackson.
1: <laughs> let-, let Peter Jackson direct a Friday the 13th.
0: He'd do a much better job than Adam Marcus.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's done splatter before.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I know he could do it better than Adam Marcus. Um, Not just
1: a matter of Peter Jackson's a uh, respected beloved director. Just the fact that he do- he's done the genre already.
0: Yeah, we we. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but like I said, the climax is so lame because Jason comes back for like seven minutes, like the Jason we all know and love. Creighton Duke just falls down a trapdoor like a little bitch and doesn't actually do anything cool. He 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 gets
1: stabbed through an artery and probably dies off screen.
0: He was completely a waste of time. And it's like, you had the coolest motherfucking character handed to you on a silver platter. We could have had Jason versus Blade. We really could. Like, honestly, I was so looking forward to Creighton Duke actually being like a really cool character. And they do absolutely nothing with him. I just I can't I I can't even I like, can't even. They had
1: the chance to just make him like a modern day Van Helsing. Yeah, and they didn't.
0: And, and they didn't. I I, j- I can't even imagine like making and then, something like this.
1: Well, they wanted to have like the cool vines and demon stuff. They what they actually end up getting is a swampy rock monster hands that look like they're from a Nickelodeon movie.
0: That was the funniest thing, how they're just like, we're pulling you down to hell because we stabbed you with the Evil Dead sword. Yeah, the Evil Dead sword is also in the- I'm, like, 90% sure that is the same fucking, like, dagger from the first Evil Dead movie. Because, again, Adam Marcus is just a huge fan of the Evil Dead. Fine. I am, too. I'm not gonna put Evil Dead props in a fucking Friday the 13th movie and make them, like, part of the story. That- Oh, God. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that'd be like if they put the Freddy Krueger claw in this movie in with story implications.
0: Funny you say that. Uh...
1: So anyway, this has the first Marvel end credits scene.
0: <laughs> it really does, which honestly doesn't piss me off as much as the other things, because it's like it's it's like a fun teaser at the end of the movie. Like, oh, we're going hey, to do the this movie, now. It's
1: the movie they actually wanted to make.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It's also like the one part people actually liked from the movie when they first saw it.
0: Yeah, the last five seconds is the one part you like about the movie.
1: (laughs) It's one part everyone likes about the movie. It's like, even here, there's the quote. Uh, Oh, yeah, I stepped ahead to the Freddy vs. Jason section. Quote from Adam Marcus, director of Jason (laughs) Goes to Hell. (laughs) Yeah. Back when we were making Jason Goes to Hell, Dean, Laurie, Noah Cunningham, and I were trying to come up with more gags to put in the movie. And then I said... You know, doesn't Newline own Freddy outright? And the wheels started turning. I called Mark Ordesky and Michael DeLuca at Newline and asked, Can we have the claw? And it was very funny because they were a bit covetous of it. They asked nervously, What are you going to do with it? And why? And we told them our idea and they flipped. I remember the first test screening after we finished the film. When that moment hit, when Freddy's claw lunged out of the ground at Jason's mask, the entire test audience got up on their seat on their feet, and cheered. It,
0: it is a cool moment. I will give the movie that. It's the like best it's a scene really, in the movie, and it's, it's just the there to set the up movie. a
1: different movie.
0: That wouldn't come out for another 10 years. Yeah. Why?
1: Like, we'll talk about all that.
0: We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But, I mean, is there anything else we have to say about this movie? I mean, unless we want to bring up Rusty Schwimmer.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess
0: Rusty Schwimmer. So... Uh, I don't know. When I was looking at the cast list and I see there's an actress named Rusty Schwimmer, I was like, oh my god, that is an amazing name. She has I've literally never seen a movie with her in it. I mean, unless I have, before Jason goes to hell. I actually don't remember. I just I don't rem- think
1: she I don't think we would have.
0: I don't know. But like, I don't know. Just seeing Rusty Schwimmer is just one of the funny it's just such a funny ass name. And she has one of the most confusing deaths I've ever seen. In a movie. Oh, she was in the first Candyman and Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Look at that. But anyway, uh, the point I'm trying to make she has one of the most confusing deaths in the movie. Um, uh, do you even remember what happens? Barely. So, uh, what is it? Jason as Richard Campbell is like. So he takes Leslie Jordan, who's her husband, Leslie Jordan was he was on Will and Grace. He's a very funny actor. He like takes Leslie Jordan, like starts like deep frying his head and Joey, Rusty Schwimmer comes up behind Richard Campbell and starts just like attacking him, like hitting him with something. and Jason/ slash Richard like elbows her in the mouth. Her mouth like puckers inward like a cartoon and she falls over. At least I think that's what happens because like again, the movie is shot and edited so terribly. I have no idea how she actually died but like I think that was the implication that like she gets elbowed in the mouth and it puckers inward like like she's fucking Tom from Tom and Jerry but like the the movie's lit so poorly that like you can barely tell I rewinded like three times to see like what how exactly she died and I still don't exactly know what happened. what a movie oh my god it is so pathetically funny i kind of love this movie because of how broken it is it is easily the worst movie we've seen in this franchise and as i'll go over with i'll have problems with the next three and i've had problems before with these movies but this one is easily the worst because even from a storytelling perspective it gets things wrong like at least with the other movies they had some sort of basic understanding on how to establish characters and their relationships with each other. This movie couldn't even do that. Like that's how bad it is. It like, it goes beyond failing as a Friday, the 13th movie. It just fails at a straight up, straight up being a movie. That's how bad it is.
1: You know, it's, it's (sighs) like compared to like the Elm street movie that was being made at the same time. That was also going a different direction. Uh, was Craven's new nightmare. That's generally regarded as like one of the better movies in that series. So it's like they have, you have the, both of these coming out that around that time, setting up for Freddy versus Jason. Well, not really for that one, but you know, mm-hmm. didn't getting in the way of it. That's the one that, that it didn't make a whole lot of money, but it's generally regarded as one of the better movies of the franchise at, on in retrospect. And then you have mm-hmm. this one.
0: Oof. Yeah, no, see, you can do things differently with movies in franchises it's just you can also do them horribly, horribly wrong, and that's this. Well, that's this movie. It yeah, does here's things a, wrong. Quote to
1: point out, uh, some fans complain that we tried to explain too much in Jason Goes to Hell. That there yes. shouldn't have been so much much of the mythology. I think yes. that's a mistake. Here's the problem: giving Jason a backstory isn't a bad idea. It's just that the backstory you gave him sucks, and he he compares it to like the scene in Jaws of Quint. Whereas I like talking about the USS Indianapolis, and it's like, okay, cool, but that stuff's good and that adds to his character.
0: Good. Oh my this god, this is you- contradicting other movies. Oh my god, he really brought up the Quint scene in Jaws. That is. You do not bring up the Quint scene in Jaws when trying to defend Jason goes to hell. That scene is way fucking better from every angle you look at it than your entire fucking filmography, you piece of shit. Like you do not compare yourself to the fucking Quint scene from Jaws. That oh, oh, you. <laughs> it's like it says. I
1: think Norman Bates isn't frightening if Norman Bates doesn't have a mommy problem. And Michael Myers was a kid when he murdered his sister. That's important to to know. You know. Yes. Yes, but those are good backstories.
0: Those are good backstories. Jason
1: being a body-swapping worm isn't a good backstory.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't get even...
1: Oh my god! I, <sighs> I, I should remi- remind the audience: this was the one movie that I actually been putting off watching until now. I've seen yeah. all the other ones at least once. This was the first time I watched it because I knew going into that. Oh boy. Because yeah. I knew things about the movie already. I knew about the the Freddy Claw ending. I knew that about Jason being a worm. I knew about the Necronomicon because I, I I watched clips. I have seen reviews
0: before, but mm-hmm. actually
1: watching, it, it's like, wow, this is also just kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: God, bless this fucking messy fucking movie. All
1: right, uh, favorite weird moment and favorite kill, if there's even any. Okay,
0: I mean, okay, so favorite kill, um. I'm torn between the girl in the tent getting sliced and um, uh, Rusty Schwimmer Joey's death purely because if it is that her her face is getting like punctured in, like puckered in, like a cartoon, like a Looney Tunes cartoon, then that's my favorite because my God, that is hilarious. Um, so I'm kind of torn between those two um, in terms of favorite weird moment. Tony the Wonder Llama, honestly. Like that 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 line has not left my mind all week.
1: Uh, my favorite kill is uh, Jason blowing up in the beginning.
0: That's good. That's good.
1: And my favorite weird moment is uh, the coroner eating the heart because it's so fucking
0: stupid. It really is. Yeah, because well that's the other thing is like the movie makes it apparent to be like, "Oh, the way we destroy Jason is you have to destroy his heart." Isn't that what the coroner was doing at the beginning? But yeah, that's he how ate he got the possessed. Heart. He ate the heart. Uh, like, why, did you read the script you wrote? Oh God, I can't. Oh, is, is there anything else we have to say? Because I'm real, I'm really losing my brain cells trying to rationalize this movie, William.
1: <laughs> we talk about this movie for almost an hour. I think this is the longest we talk about one individual movie in the series so far.
0: That, that just shows you how bad it is. The, the the fact that this the I'm I have not been a Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, fan in the first 25 years of my life until this month, this October. And this is how mad I am watching this movie because that's how bad it is.
1: All right. coroner's I... report time.
0: Coroner's report time. Just go, yeah. go into it, please, please.
1: Okay. Oh buddy. Oh boy. All right. What do we got here? Uh, how did this one do, or do a Reno? Uh, Jace goes, hell, the final Friday, which th- we, th- we didn't even talk about that's the subtitle, the final Friday, even knew th- though they knew damn well it wouldn't be.
0: I, I, I just, you know, uh, I know. Production
1: budget, three million. Okay. Uh, shooting location, Thousand Oaks, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, August ninety-three. Taglines, the creator of the first returns to bring you the last. Evil, False. finally found a home. False. <laughs> Horror has many faces. Death wears many different masks. But pure evil wears just one. And this is your final chance to see They were almost true until the end.
0: Yeah, like what? So
1: yeah, uh, 3 million production budget. Box office, 15,933,068. Okay,
0: not not terrible.
1: Opening weekend was 7,552,190. It ranked 2.
0: Oh, and why is that?
1: Uh, what did it open against? Uh, let's check what it opened against.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to know what it opened uh, against.
1: let me see, uh, b- movies in August 93. It, when my computer will at me. Yeah. Uh, August 13, 1993, movies. <laughs> it's a good thing we had the power of editing for this.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Box office chart for August fourteenth, nineteen ninety three. The numbers. Uh, <laughs> the, numbers. the Fugitive was number one that weekend.
0: Okay, that makes sense. You know Harrison Ford and whatnot. Yeah,
1: which I think that was already because it says minus six percent. So like that was already in like its second weekend. Oh. <laughs> it it fu- the Fugitive was number one two weekends in a row. So that's, that's an oof. Jurassic Park was funny. also still in theaters at this time, number seven. Okay. And that was its 10th weekend. <laughs> Yo, Free Willy was also in <laughs> theaters at this time.
0: Wow. Oh, all yeah. the best stuff in 93.
1: you're never going <laughs> to guess what number 10 was that weekend.
0: I can't even. Just, just tell me.
1: Robin Hood Men in Tights.
0: <laughs>
1: and right underneath that was hocus pocus
0: uh hocus why pocus was that released? in august why was that in august oh my like, god there oh was man.
1: a re-release of snow white that week in, so you're telling
0: that me that week. disney has been for years doing this where they'll release a movie that should have obviously released in october but how that was in hocus, the summer.
1: that was hocus pocus's fifth weekend
0: oh it's even worse Oh, it's even worse. I like oh, how apparently yeah, Snow White
1: was in theaters that weekend somehow.
0: This is and, the second time that Snow White and Friday the 13th have uh, crossed, <laughs> crossed streams, apparently. And
1: I like how the uh, fact, because obviously Snow White wasn't inconsistent release, but like it, it marks it as the 2,904th weekend for Snow White.
0: That's funny. <laughs> Not accurate, but still. No, that's funny. That I'm glad they did that. That's oh, you're gonna
1: funny. love the number fifteen was Howard's End.
0: I don't know what Howard's End.
1: Well, we saw Howard's End. Oh, not. Oh, it's not not Howard Harold. Never
0: mind. Harold. I, I keep
1: forgetting Harold's. I keep forgetting Harold's name.
0: Oh yeah, I was gonna say. How no, could you forget Harold? How could I forget on. Harold?
1: Because there's Howards and there's Harolds in this world.
0: Yeah, there's also Jason X's.
1: Which that's a different beast entirely.
0: Do you want to get into it
1: now? okay, Jason X, also known as the movie that they made because Freddy vs. Jason was taking too long. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, that's that's the reason.
0: No, I completely buy it. And you know what? So, here, let's get into it. Jason X, here's another Friday the 13th movie that does something completely out of the ordinary in terms of Friday the 13th, you know, when you think Friday the Thirteenth, what's the first thing you come you come that comes to mind, William? Uh, hockey mask. Hockey mask. Right. Exactly. Which they do have here. They much do have la- here
1: much more than the last movie.
0: Re- yeah, exactly. And then now you now see William, the Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> now, William, do you also think of in space when you think of Friday the Thirteenth? No, but it'd be badass if they did it correctly. Yeah. So here's the thing. So Jason X. I will admit, is, well, not one, it's better than Jason Goes to Hell. I'm just going to say that right now because, well, one, Jason Goes to Hell is fucking abysmal. But, like, at le- the- here's an example of a movie that does something so weird and out there in terms of Friday the 13th and actually sort of semi-succeeds with it. I say that yeah. in major quotations because, I'll be honest, Jason X is not as fun as it could be.
1: Yeah, that's the whole problem that, like, I want to like the movie more than I actually do, because Jason in Space just sounds hilarious.
0: Jason in Space does sound hilarious. And it has moments. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, it's only moments.
0: Right, exactly. I'll give the movie this. It advertises Jason in Space. It gives us Jason in Space. Yeah. So, automatically, it's better than Takes Manhattan, unfortunately, for me, but... um you know but even then like i will admit it's not as fun as it probably could be because it's kind of boring at times like they eh. they
1: they set it up so well because that first kill is glorious and it yeah. makes you think we're going to get so much more like that and then it's mostly just a lot of machete
0: yeah yeah. To
1: the point where, like, you could also just replace Jason with a xenomorph, and it wouldn't make a difference.
0: This was very alien-ish, now that you mentioned that. I think that's very a very apt way of describing it, yeah. Because it's, well, alien if it was on, like, the set of a Disney Channel movie. It's um,
1: more self-aware than an alien movie, because this movie is yes. taking itself very seriously.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah.
1: like, the, like, I don't, like it wasn't edited as well as I thought it was based on how people talk about that moment. But, uh, the mm. thing that gets Jason to wake up is that two people start having sex. Yeah. That is literally what is happening. Like that's the joke. That's the, that's joke. not, that's not even an observation that people make. No, that's literally the people behind the moose saying, no, that's the joke.
0: Yeah. My sex senses are tingling. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Um, Well, first, let's start things off by saying that, again, this is another Shout Factory Blu-ray that starts off with an introduction. Not from the director, but from Kane Hodder himself, Jason. Um, And this one's... This this is going to sound very shocking. This one's even weirder than the last uh, uh, intro we got with Jason Goes to Hell. So, in this one, Kane Hodder is just like, thank you for watching Jason X. It's a pretty fun movie. Uh, now enjoy the film, or I'll kill you. And like I'm like, this. what? Yeah, and then he goes up to the camera and starts choking it out for like a couple seconds and then like throws the camera on the floor. He's like, now stay now down. <laughs> now lie there. Yeah, that's what he says. Now lie there. Thank <laughs> Kane, very cool. <laughs> I'm just like, what? Okay. Uh, Sure, <laughs> why not? <laughs> this is the last movie where Kane has Jason. So, yeah, I kind of get that. The, the the they would have him like introduce this one, but even still, it was ju- the way they executed it was just really out there for me. I'm like, what the actual?
2: <laughs> so it's
0: anyway, funny. the the movie starts, and Jason is no longer in hell. Apparently, okay, apparently, whatever. Um, just headcanon,
1: say this takes place after Freddy versus.
0: Yeah, sure, I'm fine with that. And he's, like, in the Crystal Lake Research Facility.
2: Sure.
0: that's a thing, okay? And then David Cronenberg approaches. Yeah, David Cronenberg is in this movie for a couple of seconds. Uh, he's, like, a doctor who wants to cryogenically freeze Jason oh so then he doesn't kill people anymore like they've tried they've tried everything they've tried every way of trying to kill him and he will not die and so they think all right just cryogenically freeze him and uh that'll be that um but then womp womp he escapes uh and so then lady who apparently is the jason expert of this movie again Never explained who this lady is, but she's now the main character, technically, because well, she's the Jason expert.
1: Well, she's only the Jason expert on the grounds that she's from the same time period as him, whereas everyone sure. else is from 400 years in the future and has no idea what the hell Jason is.
0: Except so for that I one can... guy in the video call is just like, you have Jason Voorhees, he's worth a fortune. It's like, how do you know who he is?
1: Oh, it's never he... explained. I guess because he read a book somewhere that would mention him.
0: Yeah, but the professor can, who didn't. I can
1: I can buy it more in this movie than in Jason Goes to Hell.
0: Sure. Well, see, the thing in Jason Goes to Hell is, like, all of a sudden, everybody knows who Jason is. Whereas in this one, yeah, at least in this one, nobody really knows who Jason is, except for some people. But that's just because it's been years since he's been relevant. Like, it's literally in the year, like, Forty-two, fifty-five, 55 or some shit like that. Something like something like r- real far off future that we will never live to see. Like realistically. Um,
1: so I, I can buy that. Like, Oh, she's only the Jason X because she, she was actually from the time and no one else knows anything about him. That makes more sense. At least because of that. Whereas right. crane do, how do you know anything?
0: Right? No, exactly. I, yeah, I'll again. This movie is back to not getting everything right but it's getting some basic things right because it's almost like the director knows how to direct a movie, right? (laughs) Okay,
1: let's let's establish this. Mission statement of Jason Goes to Hell was to do something completely different with the series. Sure. Questionable, but that was in point. The mission statement of Jason X was, fuck it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I totally get that. I totally get that from this movie. <laughs> There's a robot lady who wants to get
1: tits because everyone else has tits, and then she goes karate chop fight Jason.
0: Oh, dude, we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's, like, the best part of the movie. <laughs> like... <laughs> so, okay, so, yeah, so Jason is, like, killing all these people, and then he's cryogenically frozen, but it doesn't go well because he, like, stabs his machete through this thick metal door and it almost kills a lady who knows about Jason. It cryo freezes so the whole room. It cryo freezes the whole room. Then she's there. They're like trapped for four centuries. They're then discovered by a professor and his students on like a field trip of sorts um, to
1: to the first Earth because now there's a second Earth because we fucked up and ruined the first Earth because we're terrible human beings,
0: which we never see second Earth. Well, uh, we see at the
1: very end.
0: Oh, that's what that is, right? 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 We okay. see
1: the we see a campground. Oopsie doodle.
0: Yeah, oopsie doodle. <laughs> um, for okay, I really got to bring this up. Hockey is banned in twenty twenty four in this universe. That's
1: that line is so funny just because of the timing of it. Yeah, that, we're watching this in twenty twenty
0: three. Guys, we have only a couple more months before hockey's banned. <laughs> Hockey will be banned in twenty twenty four. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. Go Bruins. I can't believe uh,
1: Gritty would do such a thing.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Okay. So Jason and uh past lady are now in the future. Um, okay, sure. To actually, some I people, really... it's the present. To some people it's the present. I actually really like the first technical uh like slicing Jason does when he gets out of cryogenics, when he gets out of like, well, he doesn't even do anything. He just, my man isn't even awake yet. And he's already back to business. Exactly. He slices a dude's arm off and the dude is just like, what the fuck? And like, all of them are just like, dude, it's okay. We'll just give you like, we'll just grow a new arm because again, the future, you can grow a new arm now. It's like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like, I like how that establishes that we're in the future and it shows like, Oh, You know, the kills in this movie need to be really extreme if they want to like if they really want Jason to like fuck these guys up
1: in the first actual kill is just like that.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about the first kill. I mean, this is skipping ahead a little. But like, again, between when Jason is discovered and when he actually starts doing shit, it's like 20 minutes of nothing. Like it's like skipping the first 20 minutes of fucking Shark Side of the Moon. You're not missing anything. Like, honestly, we should know from experience. Um, so the first kill is blonde lady, uh, where Jason takes her, shoves her head into a vat liquid nitrogen, liquid nitrogen, and then pulls it out and smashes it on the table.
1: Like she, he cryo freezes her face in seconds and just smash.
0: Oh yeah. Amazing. Like great kill.
1: It's exactly what you want in a movie like this.
0: Yeah, and it se-
1: it sets up expectations that the rest of the movie then doesn't deliver because most of it's just Jason with the machete again
0: yeah which can be fun sometimes but then other times you're just like uh it needs to, to be like kill. one or
1: it needs to be one or two kills this yeah. is over half of them
0: yeah exactly I mean it gives
1: us g- a really good line of dialogue later on guys it's okay he just wanted his machete back
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good line um uh, again, like, the the middle of this movie starts to lull a little, because we get, like, we get this subplot where, like, what? the professor... The
1: middle of a Fry the Fur movie starts to lull?
0: <laughs>
1: no! <laughs> Never!
0: Never. Uh, so, the professor guy is, like, this huge asshole who, like, really, realistically just wants to keep Jason around for money, because... This dude he v- has a video conference with is just like a box of DVDs is not a gold mine for for me and I'm like what for me it is a uh, box of DVDs I'll take that for the podcast um- yeah you
1: put the- you put Adam Sandler movies in the museum in the future look at these yeah. priceless tre- tre- relics from the 21st century
0: yeah Jack and Jill on DVD <laughs> you just
1: like you go to like this big display case is like heavily and everything and just in the center of it is a copy of Freddy got fingered in full screen
0: amazing <laughs> that's the future i want <laughs> um but anyway he just wants to keep jason around for money but again much like any other subplot that goes on in these movies it goes absolutely nowhere because that dude dies like halfway through halfway through through. which i'm glad because that dude was a total asshole and i was far more interested in like lady who knows about jason and uh lieutenant what's his face the bald guy who looks like tony todd yeah it's not tony todd yeah
1: there's a bfg in this movie right
0: there he does name drop bfg at some point yeah the gun from doom yeah Again, it's a reference, but the movie doesn't call that much attention to it, unlike the Necronomicon and Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, I just
1: realized because of who our, our fan base is, we actually have to establish what a BFG is, because some people are probably thinking of the fucking giant dude.
0: Oh yeah, yeah,
1: and for some reason they're not thinking of the gun from Doom like they should be.
0: No, yeah, they should be. Yeah, the BFG, the big is... fucking gun. <laughs> From Doom, I've never played a Doom in my life, but even I know what that is.
1: Yeah, like, well, well, you'd f- you'd think people would know that information. You'd think people would know Jason's not the killer in the first movie by now, but apparently they don't. Somehow.
0: No, no, they don't. They're they're not very smart. <laughs> um,
1: guy just turns off the podcast right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Stop! No, come back. Oh. <laughs> uh, Okay, here's a really cool kill, actually. It's when the Space Marines... Yes, because there's Space Marines in this movie. Because it makes sense
1: for them to be in space.
0: Again, I that wish they sense. were the main characters and not these fucking high school students, but whatever, I get it. Teenagers in a Friday the 13th movie, I get it. But anyway, these. it's when these... Uh, it's when these space Marines are like trying to find Jason and one of them gets like stabbed through in the drill and he starts like twisting around. Like that was really fun. And yeah. then like the other space Marines find him and they're just he's like, screwed. he's screwed. I love that. I'll allow that. That's a nice pun. Like you guys set that How up. How is he?
1: And- He's screwed, yeah, like the delivery of it is like so half hearted, but come on,
0: yeah, no, it's great. I love even when, even when Brodsky, that's the uh sergeant, he's <laughs> I mean, just like, it's gonna take more than a poke in the ribs to take down this old dog, and then he p- pokes him, stabs him again. He's like, yep, that'll do it. <laughs> And that's not even his death scene. That's how badass that character is. And I wish he was the main fucking guy we. Yeah, because he's along. also
1: the one that spoiler totally beats Jason in the end, right? He, yeah, exactly. He grabs Jason, and, like flings him into the atmosphere. Yeah, sacrificing he, like, himself. He's yeah, like an Iron Giant's that shit.
0: This is what Creighton Duke should have been. This character, Sergeant Brodsky, like this is the guy. Okay, he does everything right to be this badass dude taking on Jason. He does everything Creighton Duke could have been. The Virgin Creighton Duke versus the Chad Sergeant Brodsky.
1: But yeah, like, a lot of the kills, though, just after that are just kind of machete. Like, there's some decent setups. Like, the got two guys playing the video game. That's That's kind of cool. That's kind of a fun gag. He just kills both of them pretty basic ways, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, at first, it's kind of cool because he, like, slices through the dude. And he's like, oh, he, like, slices that one dude's head off. And it's still a simulation. Like it's not really explained very well why he's in the simulation, like, and why he can do that. But I, mm, I don't worry about future technology. I get it. (laughs) Uh, Because if I was playing the
1: game, I would be a Jason main.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You would, you would. Oh God. What else is there to talk about? Because I don't want to go right into the KM stuff, but I really just don't remember that much happening in this movie is the thing. Like the
1: sets are well done. It looks like a space station. It looks like like a
0: space station. Yeah, I'll give it that.
1: They do all that correctly.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it's lit like a Disney Channel movie. Like I said, but like you know, I kind of like that. It's different. I'll I'll give it that. The
1: movie shows the decade it was made in.
0: Oh yes, two thousand (laughs) one. It looks like
1: a movie from that era. Uh, I showed you the trailer for this movie. Guess what song? Audience, guess what song they play in the trailer for the movie. Completely unironically.
0: Uh, I actually don't remember the song playing. Bodies but, uh. by Drowning
1: Pool. Oh,
0: yeah. That's the
1: <laughs> Completely unironically. Let, Let the, the bodies, bodies hit the, hit
0: the floor. floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Why can't the movie be that funny? Like, that's the thing. It's like. There's so much so many boring scenes to get through to get to the fun stuff. I won't say it's like the most boring stuff. Like again, there is some fun to be had with this movie. I will unironically like agree to that. Like uh, there's like, a lot of really good stuff.
1: Yeah, to skip ahead to KM and fucking Uber Jason.
0: Yeah. So they like so yeah, uh what's his name? His like the nerd upgrades dude. His, the nerd dude, upgrades his sex bot KM to be like this badass and I like the At first, how, like, he, like, stabs her, like, Jason stabs her, and she's like, oh, no, I'm down for the count, sucker, just kidding, and she starts, like, shooting at him, it's like, yeah, that's really cool.
1: And she actually does defeat him, like, she blows his fucking head off.
0: Yeah, exactly, (laughs) like, that's really fucking cool. And then nanobots show up. (laughs) Just cause...
1: And then Jason comes back as a cyborg called Uber Jason.
0: (coughs) I like the idea that his mask is like infused into his face. It's better than the mask infusing and Jason goes to hell. It's a cool design. Yeah, it is a really cool design. It's stupid as fuck, but that's what makes it cool. Like it's really, really like it is balls to the wall. Like that's the kind of shit I want in a movie like this. Um, (laughs) we get the great line of, I think it's when Jason, Jason does something. He like, apparently like, he like, oh, it's when they suck him out. And then he's like trying to break back in and like the fucking, uh, uh, spaceship is like all the air, all the oxygen is being like sucked out. And like, what's her face is just like, oh, this sucks on so many levels. (laughs) Uh,
1: how I just found out some unfortunate information. Uh, although the character of KM-14 was entangled to the action of Jason X, one of the character's biggest sequences was ultimately cut from the finished film. We shot this great set piece in a house of mirrors. I'm walking around with my big gun and Jason keeps appearing and I'm blasting away at all the, mo- the mirrors. Yeah. Why wasn't that in the movie?
0: Ah, uh, good lord. They they had to make a, a a part of the movie where Jason goes into another simulation Um. And they have uh, the teenage characters go. We love premarital sex. <laughs> I
1: mean that, that was funny, and they get to that see was him funny. do the, the sleeping bag kill again.
0: Yeah, I yeah, he got to actually go with the sleeping bag kill in he's all with, its glory.
1: He's not the campers. Damn, he's
0: good. Yeah, <laughs> damn, he's good. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, the, that's how they defeat Jason. Is that Sergeant Brodsky? Like just. Pushes him out into the out into after, space.
1: After they get into the shell and go, he blows up the space station.
0: Yeah, and then and they fall grapples down to him Earth and two, Flings him into the, Earth's in the atmosphere. atmosphere. Yeah, and in theory. I do, I do like the ending. How like you know, it's like a shooting star you see, and like these people at a campsite are just like, "Hey, look, a shooting star! It landed in hey, Lake. It,
2: Let's check it, landed, it out.
0: <laughs> Let's check it out." It's like, oh, Jason X two, which would be. Jason Eleven, except Jason Eleven was Freddy versus Jason, so we never got to see what Jason does in the future. But we can. Only I don't assume.
1: think they intended it to actually be a sequel to this. I think that's just like one of those "and the adventure continues" kind of things. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah. But you, that's you know what, I'm happy with that. Like we rarely ever see that actually follow through, where like people are just like, oh, we'll just assume he just fucks shit up you know we don't need to actually see him fuck shit up um
1: like you know at this point that jason just does what he wants to
0: exactly and especially now that he's uber jason Um, yeah
1: you know it's funny because they actually apparently made like a comic to tie into it where jason or uber jason fights regular jason damn i wonder which one's gonna win
0: I yeah. <laughs>
1: Spoiler, the one called Uber one. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I wonder.
0: Damn, it's I'm so stupid, I could never have figured that out. You
1: know, I think there was also a comic in the 90s where Jason met Leatherface and they became
0: friends. That's funny. <laughs> um But yeah, Jason X man, it's look, when it's Like, Jason actually killing somebody, like, when it's uh, K.M. battling Jason, that's when the movie shines. Yeah, Um, it's
1: just, it's not as fun as it should have been with the premise.
0: Right, because there's so many other scenes than just Jason killing someone or Jason battling K.M., like... It does admittedly get better as the movie goes along. Once the professor character gets killed off and like Sergeant Brodsky is kind of the guy in charge, that's when the movie's great. Like, that's when the, like, again, it starts off kind of slow, but it starts getting better and better as it progresses, is the thing. It never gets to like the same level as like the other movies when they're ironically funny, but like, I can't really say this movie like gets as bad as some of the awful shit i've seen you know like it just it it, at this point you know what to expect even though it is in space you know
1: yeah it's like you know what you're getting into from the name jason X when the premise of jason in space
0: exactly exactly i honestly did not think it was as bad as i was expecting because like i've often heard like this is one that people really fucking hate but like i had fun with it like i can't say it's my favorite but i did have fun with it I hear both camps
1: of this is either bad, bad, or it's just, it's funny, bad.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I lean more into the funny, bad camp. I'm not, which is, like,
1: enti- which is what the goal was to begin with.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not entirely diehard funny, bad, but it's enough. I'll it, give it has that. its
1: moments. I just wish there were more of those.
0: Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh,
1: I guess we go now into the stats.
0: Yeah, unless you have, like, a favorite kill or a favorite crazy moment. Uh, favorite
1: say. kill, the the liquid nitrogen, obviously.
0: Liquid nitrogen, yep. Uh,
1: Favorite weird moment. Mm. Uh, I guess when KM wants to get tits just because.
0: Yeah, I would say maybe d- even, like, KM just battling Jason is pretty funny. Um,
1: There's not much. The, it's Jason in space. The whole movie is a weird moment when you think about yeah,
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Friday the 13th of Series, production company Triumph Entertainment Corp. Uh air date, number 70, 72 episodes from September 1987
0: to April 1990.
1: 3 seasons. Yeah. I uh mm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh Jason X, production budget 14 million, Stream location Toronto, Canada.
0: Wait a minute, 14 million, so this is the most expensive one yet, right?
1: Uh, yes, Spoiler Freddy versus Jason is going to be the most expensive one, but okay. this was the most expensive one yet.
0: $14 million. Now, okay. mind
1: you, 2000s money versus 1980s money.
0: Right, yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, uh, US release date, April 26, 2002. Okay. Uh, Taglines, Evil gets an upgrade. <laughs> Welcome to the future of horror.
0: Yeah, nice. Uh, All right. box
1: office, sixteen million nine hundred fifty
0: one thousand seven hundred ninety-eight. Whoa, okay. You're I see- mean,
1: yeah, you're seeing the diminishing returns by this point. Horrible.
0: Oh, wow. Right? Oh wow, that's that's bad.
1: <laughs> rank, yeah, uh rank free opening weekend.
0: No, what did it go up against?
1: Uh I have it up here already. Oh ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, it was ranked 3. It lost to... Uh, number 2 was Changing Lanes, which I don't know what that is, but it was by Paramount. Okay. And that was in its third weekend. Oh. Uh, Number 1. The Scorpion King. <laughs> in its second weekend.
0: <laughs> Jason.
1: Uh, Ice Sage was in its seventh weekend, and that was number
0: 6. Oh, Jason, Jason, you—you've been replaced by Manny the Mammoth. Oh no! Damn. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, Scorpion King spinoff did better than you. Wow!
1: In its second weekend.
0: That is—that is almost, but not entirely, Black Cauldron em- embarrassing. I like, flipped.
1: Oh, oh! It gets worse because I flipped ahead to the next weekend. Oh, okay. You wanna know what movie came out that next weekend? I need to know. Spider-Man.
0: Oh, it's entirely oh it's it's so Jover. It's so Jover. Yeah, Jason
1: went down to number nine.
0: <laughs> oh no, nine?
1: Yeah, it dropped to nine.
0: Oh we are so we yeah, are so the, Jover.
1: Spider-Man's out, it's over.
0: <laughs> oh my god, that's insanity. <laughs> that is
1: setting it up to die
0: oh you you never stood a chance jason X. I feel bad now wow
2: <laughs>
1: yikes god that's that's that might be worse than streets of fire releasing in between star trek star trek ghostbusters gremlins and indiana jones
0: they never stood a chance. That's almost. Yeah. That's also like UHF bad. We're releasing the summer of 1989 up against literally everything else that summer had to offer.
1: Yeah. Like 89 and 84. Those were hell of a year. What the oh fuck was God. 2002 doing? I, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's Spider-Man. and That was it. <laughs> but you still, still number dropping to number nine against Spider-Man. That's, Yikes. that's rough. You know what? Still, I'm glad I saw Jason X, though, because, I mean, it's no Spider-Man, but, like, you know, there is fun to be had. Um, So I would still recommend it. Like, I still think it's a fun movie, even though it's not quite as fun as it could be. But, man, wow, I feel bad now. Jeez. <laughs> Yeesh.
1: Like, okay, Spider-Man, obviously you're going to lose to that, but damn. Yeah. The Scorpion King. <laughs> yeah. The Scorpion King.
0: <laughs> and this was before Dwayne Johnson was, you know, the Dwayne Johnson we know now. Like,
1: Yeah, this oh. is when he was still just a wrestler.
0: Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
1: So, uh, yeah, I guess we can now go ahead to uh, the movie they actually wanted to make.
0: Yeah, this is the one we've been building up to. The ultimate crossover event. William, take it away.
1: Yeah, okay. Because this is the climactic moment for both the Friday the 13th franchise and the Elm Street franchise. This is the movie they've been trying to make for 10 years. And Mm -hmm. you hear it like, yeah, that sounds so simple. How did it take so long to make? Well, spoiler, there's an entire book of just Freddy versus Jason you can get going no. over all of it. Nice. Uh, I don't think they cover that version in this, but I have a different book called Untold Horror that mm. talks about a lot of unmade horror movies that were just like in production hell or just didn't get made. And it, it spotlights one specific version of the movie and it shows this awesome image of a Freddy and Jason fusion.
0: Oh, dude.
1: There's like one version of the movie that was going to end with them going to hell and meeting Pinhead from Hellraiser.
0: Okay. That didn't
1: happen because of the obvious reason of they don't own Pinhead.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but it's like, there is so many fucking weird versions of the movie and it's like, how could it, and like the issue they had stems from the fact that, wait a minute, both of these guys are villains. <laughs> and then they realized, well, they can't be the main characters then. Fuck. So that, that's what gave them the trouble. And like, there was so many weird versions. Like, the big version they were trying to make for the longest time dealt with like this cult called the Fred heads <clears throat> who were trying to bring Freddie back. So the good guys are trying to bring Jason back specifically to fight Freddie. And it's uh, like, there was just so many weird things. There was one version of the movie where Jason had a defense attorney and went on trial. <laughs> it sounds like I'm making this shit up.
0: I'm not. I, I 100% believe you.
1: Like, I think in one of the documentaries, they even show an image of Jason standing in, like, the the confession booth or whatever, at like, on a trial. <laughs> but it's Incredible. like... What the hell, guys?
0: I... Wow. Wow. So
1: the actual plot they went with, like, is, like, probably the simplest thing they could have done. hmm Still a little convoluted, but, like, the simplest they could have done.
0: Well, so, yeah.
1: I guess... I think we should preface this, though, just overall, that one thing with the movie is that because of the fact that Jason can't talk, Freddy kind of is the one that gets more spotlight generally. And overall, this is less a 50-50 Friday in Elm Street and more of like a, uh, I would argue, 70-30 Elm Street Friday.
0: I think that's fair to say. So, yeah, let's establish this by saying I have only ever seen one Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and this was years ago, and it was the first one. And I remember liking it, but I don't really remember much about it. Like, I'm watching Freddy vs. Jason... With the context of every Friday the Thirteenth movie that led up to it, so and basically
1: none of the Elm Streets, which I want to get your none reaction. Of the Elm I want to get your yeah. reaction now when you get that opening narration by Freddy and you see like the clips of the different kills from Elm Street. What was your reaction to those after uh, all the Friday stuff?
0: I'm pissed off that I haven't watched these movies yet. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, what the fuck? This looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was so awesome. I went out and bought the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, collection, but not yet, Minion. Not like yet. Like, you
1: saw the scene from the second movie where Freddy bursts out of his chest. You see scene seeing the fur yeah. with the whole pu- puppet string veins.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it you looks incredible.
1: Yeah. that, And you can also probably see why in the second half of the 80s, Freddy became more popular.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, no, you're right. This is absolutely more of a Elm Street movie than it is a Friday movie. But yet they still included it in the Friday collection. Because you have to. Because you have to. Um, Now, with that said, the Friday inclusions they have with it are kind of welcome. Like, honestly, I think it does a pretty good job at establishing Jason just fine. Yeah. Um, it that, doesn't
1: th- it doesn't rewrite his backstory like the other one did.
0: No, it. <laughs> no, it certainly does not. It completely throws Jason goes to hell into the trash as it should. Um, but that's the thing. This movie, when it's purely on either Freddy or Jason or they're battling each other or whatnot, that's when the movie shines. That's when I'm like, all right, this kicks ass. I can see why people wanted to see this for so long.
1: And then you re- get to the rest of the movie. And it's like, I mentioned that's more of an Elm Street than a Friday. Unfortunately, that means it's an Elm Street plot, but the cast is about as good as a Friday.
0: Yeah. That's
1: where the problems gonna come in. And yeah. this is the most 2000 free movie oh, you will dude. ever watch.
0: Dude, the fucking soundtrack. wow Chef's kiss. <laughs> like... love
1: the, I love the little El Nino song in the end credits
0: oh dude i was so i was like thank god this came out when it did because that is that was when you could do something like that because they,
1: like, one, of the, one of the main characters is kelly Rowland from destiny's child
0: just cause
1: <laughs> like oh we have beyonce's bestie in this movie
0: yeah <laughs> do we want to talk about another cast member
1: uh which one
0: Oh, you know which one? The oh, one right.
1: That... Uh, Laurie's dad—the <laughs> that... one,
0: the one whose filmography never ends.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hal. I, Hal told me this when he was watching the movie after I already finished. Uh, the actor who plays Laurie's dad is fucking the Olive Garden guy from Sonic One and Two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. As a, because like I'm like watching the movie, I see his face. I go to the cast list and I go. Olive Garden guy,
1: I didn't catch that until you brought it up. But that's just so funny that we got to see Olive Garden guy try to stab his wife.
0: Yeah, it was so funny. I was just like, "My God, what wh- what are you doing here, actor who's in movies?" Oh, the other Sonic connection: Gary Chalk plays the sheriff, and he's also in the first Sonic movie. <laughs> Which role is he? He was uh he was some like general, like in that scene where they're just like, okay. Uh, Gentlemen, we got a we got to call Doctor Eggman to go check out that disturbance in the Northwest. And they're like, not nah, Doctor Eggman. Like, yeah, he was one of the generals. Okay, uh, yeah, I forget which one, but yeah, he was in the first Sonic movie.
1: <laughs> Great.
0: <laughs> oh, Canadian actors, man, they're everywhere. <laughs>
1: uh, if we want to go back to production real quick, uh, sure. uh Apparently, because like one of the issues of with the movie is like that the incredible dialogue. Uh, <clears throat> fun fact: uh, when they first wrote the script for the movie it ended up being like 130 pages, which roughly in a script, one page is one minute as a rule of thumb. Mm. So this was over two hours, it was almost two and a half hours when they first wrote it. Ew.
2: And then they said,
1: they said, let's not do that. So they <laughs> ha- So they had the guy who wrote Blade come in and redo it to make it an hour and a half. So like all the key scenes still happen. It just happens much faster. Which means the dialogue has to be changed. Yeah. So we have the guy who wrote Blade to thank for some of the incredible dialogue in the movie.
0: Oh, please give some examples. I forget. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... Honestly, that should be pretty telling. <laughs> uh The
1: only line that I can really remember is, like, apparently was also something that was mostly just ad. like, apparently that whole confrontation between uh, Kia and Freddy towards the end, that was apparently, like, just, like written at the very last second, not even by the actual writers, or it was, like, improv or something.
2: Mm. So
1: that's why that's just so out of nowhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, apparently
1: like Robert the whole that dark meat line was this Robert England riffing.
0: Wow.
1: And it's like, cause Kia went up. Kelly Rowland said, I want to have like a moment where I'm like yelling at Freddie, like staring him down. Okay. And then had to, some other guy write it for them. So no one likes the fact that she says that word.
0: Right. Yeah, Obviously again, no. this is the most
1: 2000 free movie ever.
0: Yeah, this is so much edgier
1: than any of the other movies.
0: Oh, very much so. Very but it much also, so.
1: well. The good, that, the good part about that though is that it's also the bloodiest in the series.
0: Oh, yeah, no, you made you made it a point to point that out. Like, yeah, this is absolutely the bloodiest of any of the movies beforehand. Good and that's because it's R, it's rated R, but in 2003 terms, not in 1980s, which is so they're like,
1: actually allowed to do what they want to do.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah.
1: It gets brutal and bloody and it's great.
0: Dude, so much so. I love the fucking violence in this movie. Like one of the first kills that Jason does is he just like completely fucking stabs the shit out of a dude in a bed and, and then, then folds the mattress. It in half. Yeah, that was great. That was awesome. The and then you have the, like
1: the scene where like the one guy after he wakes up from the Freddy nightmare his dad's head just falls off into his lap.
0: <laughs> well, it doesn't fall off; it like launches off, which is really funny. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, and then, and then Jason then, like, the just blood. is just standing
1: there and just goes, and you see yeah. the blood splatter everywhere.
0: It's amazing. Oh, dude! And then you get like the scene towards the end where like Freddy and Jason are actually fighting, and they're and, just like, fucking stabbing each the, other
1: through the mask.
0: Yeah, it's like, like
1: yeah, everyone is coated in blood at that point. It's great.
0: It's amazing. We're getting it's, ahead it... of
1: ourselves, but yeah.
0: Yeah, no, no, but like you're absolutely right. It like some of the kills in this movie are fan fucking tastic. Even the ones that aren't bloody are really fun. Like there's that scene where Jason's in the cornfield and these two jocks the entire are like,
1: corn cob scene.
0: Yeah, so these two jocks are like messing with him, and Jason I, just takes one of them and completely like t- like turns his head like one eighty one eighty degrees, and then it's just uh, yeah, backwards. Like,
1: I'll spoil that now. That was like before the rewatch. That was my favorite f- f- kill in the movie. Because of just mm. how abrupt it is, and just the fact that he cuts the guy off, and yeah, you weren't inv-
0: Yeah, exactly. And then he just like exactly. pushes him over. <laughs> it it so works, and then there's that, and then like that other jock just like starts like dousing him in beer, lights him on fire, and Jason's just like whatever, Kay. and s- and <laughs> just starts it just starts walking
1: dudes. through the entire corn cob on fire. Yeah, like that might be like one of the best Jason moments in the entire franchise. Just I know.
0: Yeah, seeing Jason like on fire, still slicing teenagers in a corn cornfield, like it's so good. It is so indicative of what Jason is. And like, just the fact
1: that this is happening in a fucking corn cob rave. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why are you holding a rave in a corn cob? I know that Springwood is in Ohio. So, what the hell do people in Ohio do for fun? But, like, that's just so random. I, that might be know. the most Friday the 13th thing in the movie, in all honesty.
0: Yeah, that's strip monopoly worthy.
1: <laughs> Corn cob rave.
0: Corn cob rave. Hosted
1: by a guy who looks like Jay from Jay and Silent Bob.
0: Oh yeah.
1: There's a there's a funny bit in like uh I think it was in Never Sleep Again, the Elm Street documentary, where they actually have Jason Mewes come on set to talk about the movie. Oh yeah, Freddy vs. Jason. Like, hey, wait a minute, I wasn't in that fucking movie, and they just get some leave.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, the one funny. dude
1: looks just like him.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> the fact that they actually got him to do that just for the joke.
0: That's awesome. Oh, another funny casting I want to bring up, casted person. So, Mark. Uh, so, okay. So, the main characters, well, the at first, the two main characters are, like, um, Will, played by Jason Ritter, what? who's in... <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? (laughs)
1: The joke is my name is William.
0: Oh, sorry. No. (laughs) uh, Fun
1: fact. uh, So Jason Ritter, uh, the director of this movie is Ronnie Yu, who previously before this uh, directed Bride of Chucky, which is a fan favorite entry in that one, where he actually directed Jason Ritter's dad, Tom Ritter.
0: No kidding. Wow. I didn't know that. No, I was going to make the, because knowing my audience, I was going to say Jason Ritter is the voice of Dipper on Gravity Falls.
1: I mean, that too.
0: Yeah, that too. But wow. No, that is exactly the connection you would make. <laughs> well, I'm I making that
1: connection because I read it in the book.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, you, you would have made that connection anyway. Who are we kidding? Um, I
1: haven't seen all of Riot Chucky yet.
0: Neither have I. I've never even seen Child's Play. Not yet, Minion. Not yet. Um, but the other connection I was going to make. Um, so, Mark, the friend... Uh, His older brother in the movie is played by none other than Scott Farkas from A Christmas Story. (laughs) Amazing. So when he's like in the bathtub and it's like his fucking wrists are bleeding. Yeah, that's Scott Farkas. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's the thing is like this is there's so many connect- there's so many weird casting choices in this movie but like the
1: most 2000s casting choices
0: yeah if anything um
1: was Betsy Palmer still alive in the 2000s
0: She was but she wasn't uh Pam um, Yeah it was
1: some um, some other old lady
0: some other old lady yes Which
1: that's something to point out uh okay I guess we haven't actually talked about the actual literal plot of the movie
0: yet I mean <laughs> Okay <no>. so <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay
1: set up so okay to get into this i guess i have to talk about who freddy actually is uh it's established in the Elm Street movies as far back as the first one freddy's dream powers are are freddy is only as strong as people fear him his powers are based on fear people need to be afraid of him for his powers to actually work mm-hmm. that's set up as far back as the first movie sure. after the sixth movie uh, f- they finally managed to find a way to like cover him up and people forgot he existed, which right. I can kind of believe that more than people are not knowing who Freddy is than Jason just because Freddy technically doesn't exist. He's only in your dreams. Right. So it's more I can believe it more when people try to cover him up and not know who he is. That makes sure. more sense. Yeah, exactly. So no one remembers who Freddy is. So he has no power. So he can't come back and kill again. Mm-hmm. So he f- so, of course, end of of Jason goes to hell, Freddy pulls the glove underneath to hell. Does the hint. So it's implied now Freddy is going after Jason. Jason bring Freddy has Jason come back to life because Jason can kind of just do that. Sure. He, he gets him on his side by pretending to be Jason's mother, Pamela, which that's nice. That shows that Freddy knows what he's doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Smart. So
1: he gets Jason to come back to go to Elm Street. So now Jason gets on the Greyhound bus again to go to Elm Street. (laughs) Because because Camp Crystal Lake is in New Jersey and Springwood is in Ohio. We'll bring that back up again later. Okay, yeah. So Jason goes to Elm Street to kill, to make people think it's Freddy doing it so people can become afraid of Freddy again. Solid plan. Yeah. Makes sense. So we get to see Pamela again, which is a nice detail. Mm -hmm. The problem is... Jason is Jason and is just kind of going to gonna kill because he wants to kill because it's Jason. Yeah. yeah. Freddy wants the glory and wants to also kill, but Jason doesn't stop killing. So now Freddy has to stop Jason from killing so that Freddy can keep
0: killing. Mm-hmm.
1: Da-da-da-da-da-da.
0: <laughs> no, that's the plot. Yeah. And it sounds awesome, except we the- have- we can't have jason and freddy be the main focus cuz they're this. both freddy villains cuz they're both villains
1: which i get that it you know cuz it's like when other movies do i kind of think they have to find a loophole like king kong versus godzilla had the loophole at that kong's a good guy to fight godzilla
0: yeah and then they have uh, to fight mecha godzilla yeah and that,
1: that, i was talking about the original
0: oh the original <laughs>
1: No, because yeah, King Kong versus Godzilla and Godzilla versus Kong are two different movies. How? Where are you?
0: I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. How?
1: How? Mothra versus Godzilla and Godzilla versus Mothra are two different movies.
2: <laughs> how?
1: Mech- Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla two is the third Mechagodzilla movie. Also, it has no continuity with the other two Mechagodzilla movies.
0: Hey, man I'm, I'm I'm having trouble as it is coming up keeping track of the continuity of the Friday movies give me a break the, the,
1: the continuity doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah yeah the, I bring up the problem is that like it it's an Elm Street plot with a Friday cast
0: yes and that's a problem
1: so. with the, because the Friday casts aren't very good they're just there to die. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, because, yeah, no, I do not care for any of these characters. Look, I like Jason Ritter. I like him as Dipper because I like Dipper in Gravity Falls. But just because I hear Dipper from Gravity Falls does not make me connect with this character.
1: I think the two leads are fine. They're not great, but I think they're fine. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, even then, he's not even the main main character. Technically, the main character is Lori. Right. Because
1: because it has to be a girl because final girl
0: because final girl sure but like what what's her story like she thinks
1: she has uh, it's a bootleg nancy story from the first elm street
0: okay okay which i haven't seen in a while again the only knowledge of nightmare in elm street i have is the first nightmare in elm street and the simpsons chairs of horror segment where groundskeeper willie is pretty much freddy krueger like, it,
1: it, her backstory is basically just Nancy's backstory of, oh, Freddie killed her mother and her dad had to cover it up, so now they're estranged.
0: Okay. But there's also a subplot about uh, town conspiracy, him being a doctor, uh, developing a drug to make people go into comas. So that oh, they right. Don't... forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> because, so yeah. that
1: they have an excuse to go back to the mental hospital from the third movie.
0: Yeah, I heard, like, the third... Yeah, so, like, the mental hospital they go to, that's from the third movie. That's, like, a connection between the Nightmare yeah. movies, uh, which is pretty cool. Because uh, the third
1: movie's a fan favorite in that series.
0: Yeah, I haven't still seen the third one, so it means nothing to yeah. me, but, hey, if it means something to you, good.
1: Yeah, I'm just pointing out that's why they did it.
0: Yeah, no, I know why they did it.
1: Again, if you're coming at this from the Friday perspective, that's that's a difficult thing, because you really to get the most out of this movie, you really have to be a fan of both franchises
0: right exactly which I'd love to see the the nightmare and Elm Street movies but that wasn't not yet, the, minion, not yet that wasn't the Halloween marathon this year <laughs> yeah so I can only judge this movie coming from the Friday of the 13th perspective. Oh, no, I'm and not disagreeing
1: yes, with you. I'm just saying that's what it is.
0: Yeah, no, I'm just explaining to the audience that, like, yeah, that's that's how I'm approaching it. You obviously have yeah. more information with this movie, because, like, yeah. you're going at it with both franchises in mind. So and you also, like,
1: I also have to, like, put this in perspective, because, like, I don't get to talk about Elm Street very often for whatever reason. Generally right. speaking, I prefer Elm Street and Freddy to Jason and Friday.
0: Yeah, I think that was interesting when you let that slip in your review on Letterboxd. I'm just like.
1: It's like, I have to remind that, that the audience yeah. that, because it's like, <laughs> I don't get to talk about that very often. I don't yeah. get to talk about Little Shop of Horrors very often, but that's one of my favorite things.
0: Yeah, exactly. But th- I think that's really interesting that even though you prefer Freddy and Nightmare above Friday and Jason, you still have had like a ton to say about Friday and Jason. Like, that just shows you how much you fucking love uh, Nightmare and Elm Street, then, like, you know?
1: I love both franchises. There's that. So that's that.
0: Exactly. It was just, exactly. It was,
1: it was just after binging all the Fridays up to this point, re- putting this back on for the first time in a couple of years. And we get to the new line logo and you hear both. You hear the Jason sound, but you also hear the Elm street theme. It's like, oh, I'm home.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you obviously get a lot more out of this movie. And I think when I eventually watch yeah. the, and it shows movies, in my ratings. Yeah. When I, when I go back, when I eventually, uh, like, watch the Freddy movies, I will definitely go back to this movie to kind of, like, see it from that perspective as well, like, because I think that I think that'd be fascinating to see like, seeing how this movie changes with, like, different context
1: like, just, like, seeing that the movie begins with the recap of the Elm Street movies first, like, oh yeah, if you've only seen Friday, you're gonna be lost already
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was lost (laughs) (sighs)
1: because they kind of have to use Freddy as, like, the narrator, kind of Mm-hmm. just because like how much the movie got cut or shortened right which another thing that got cut like actually in that final fight how they just randomly in a construction site
0: yeah why there,
1: uh, apparently they wanted to have like a scene where like there was like kind of like a jaws thing going on where there was like a construction thing happening crystal lake building houses and stuff There was gonna be like a easter egg, a tommy jarvis easter egg of him protesting and giving a trouble because like you can't build here jason's gonna come back
0: that would have been but, cool.
1: And like the idea was like while they were fighting there were all these people bu- building stuff that they got caught in the middle of Freddy and Jason so there's more kills.
0: That would have been cool.
1: It got cut though because they were like well, now we're now just introducing a bunch of random characters the audience has no idea about just to pad out the movie. Which <laughs> to be fair correct <laughs> still would have been kind of cool and now we're just kind of in a construction site for no reason. <laughs>
0: You mean to tell me this movie, Ra- Rose's Stink, about introducing characters just to kill them off? <laughs> As if that's never happened in the first ten movies?
1: You know. <laughs> Damn, the one time they had restraint. <laughs>
0: that's so good. <laughs> Don't show up uh... this franchise. <laughs> I kinda have to at this point. <laughs> I'm this deep into it. Might as well.
1: <laughs> we're almost two hours into the recording at this point. Yeah. And we're still not and we're not even done with this one and we have another movie to go yet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I mean, let let me just say that like when Freddie and Jason are fighting during the climax, that's when the movie's really good. Like you have Freddy like you have Jason in like uh that uh, like boiler room setting, which I'm assuming that's like a dimension that's, that yeah. Freddie takes over. Freddy and is, is like, always associated with the boiler room. Right. Exactly. Okay. That may that's actually kind of cool. And I like how Freddie has power over him in that scene, how he's like using, how he's like using the force or so. I know he's not actually using the force, but like, he's like, you know, throwing Jason around and like, as he's literally like literally playing ba- pinball. Yeah. They play pinball machine sounds great like you see i him, love like, that flipping the
1: fl- you see him actually like miming like the pinball motions with the flippers
0: yeah exactly like that's good i like Aww,
1: that tilt
0: yeah <laughs> um and then you know and then yeah when they're in the real world and they're fighting you know that's really cool you have jason like taking freddy and just like slamming him through like a bunch of windows in a cabin um you have like we had uh like we had uh, talked about, like I think in the first episode, where like Freddy kicks Jason in the balls and Freddy breaks his foot by doing so. <laughs> like, you know. now
1: he's in the real world, so he doesn't have his powers. Now he's just a right. guy with a claw.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, again, when it's focused on that, that's when I'm like, all right, this is one of the coolest crossovers I've ever seen. Now, that's partially due to the fact that like a bunch of other crossovers that have happened over the years are not nearly as cool as they could have been, i.e. Right. EVS. Uh, Alien vs. Predator. Alien vs. Predator. There's probably some people who would probably consider Godzilla vs. Kong. I'm kind of up in the air with Godzilla vs. Kong um, when it comes to that. Like, if really, realistically, my favorite crossover movie thus far, when it comes to the versus angle of it, would probably, probably be Captain America Civil War. But even then, that's like... You it's know, not that a was
1: crossover at that point.
0: Yeah, that was already a crossover like several movies before. Like I only really count it because it's a versus movie, but uh, even then like it's kind of up in the air. But like barring that, like if that doesn't count, then I yeah, I probably consider Freddy versus Jason to be one of the better ones, you know?
1: Even with the weed dog scene.
0: <laughs> the weed dog. Is that what that was?
1: The fucking weird Freddy caterpillar dog thing? The one time they use CGI for a major sequence in one of these movies,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. and it's the fuck. I think it's like an Alice in Wonderland riff because it's like he's like a caterpillar rolling sm- smoke in his face. I guess everyone brings that moment up is such a weird, fa- non sequitur thing to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. Do we want to talk a little bit about the uh, flashback sequence where uh, Laurie sees Jason's backstory?
1: Oh, yeah, because because Freddie taps into Jason's mind. Yeah. So now Freddie actually understands Jason's past. And when Laurie goes into the dream, uh, because obviously Freddie's trying to get her, she gets pulled in, too. Mm hmm. I like how she's like, "There's a boy drowning. Yeah, I help him." And then the moment she finds out it's Jason, she's like, "Ah, let that bitch drown."
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like that scene because, well, one, we get um, well, <laughs> we get this like split second. I'm assuming I'm I'm like really sure this is supposed to be a, a, like a nod to part two, where like one of the kids like puts a bag over Jason's head. Like that has to be intentional. Like, Probably. Yeah, like that's that's really cool. Um, and then like, Freddie, and then there's that one scene where like Freddie turns into one of the counselors. <laughs> like oh like, yeah,
1: like Freddie is this movie really goes to show just how fucking evil Freddie actually is. Yeah. Because like comparing Freddie and Jason, Jason was a, was a victim first because he drowned as a child and it's tragic. Mm-hmm. Freddie was already a serial killer when he was killed the first time.
0: Right. So, yeah, you can definitely tell. I, I also just love that scene because she's cause Lori goes up to uh, the counselor and is just like, why aren't you coming? And, well, they're having oh, sex. Oh, I'm coming, all right. right. <laughs> it's not my fault the bitch is dead on her feet.
1: You know, like I saw it earlier today. It popped up in my recommended. There's, like, someone who made a super cut of every time Freddy says bitch in the series, yeah. which that's, like, a big running thing that people think about with the movies. Like, how, oh, Freddy always says bitch all the time. It was only 30 seconds long for all the movies in the series. Mm. And half of them were just Freddy versus Jason.
0: That's funny. So you're, you're telling me Justin Roiland lied to me when he made Scary Correct. Terry.
1: <laughs> I think Scary Terry may actually say it more than Freddy actually did.
0: Yeah, because every line Scary Terry says is bitch. Like he literally says it every line. Uh, yeah,
1: so reality is that they never watched the movies.
0: <laughs> no. Oh, are you telling me somebody parodying something didn't watch it? Oh, what is Damn, this? Damn, I
1: can't believe they didn't actually know what they were making fun of.
2: <laughs>
1: it's almost like they were being malicious for the sake of being malicious.
0: Yeah, it's almost like Rick and Morty's not very well written. Damn. Crazy. <laughs> McDonald's
1: has new mambo sauce. Right. Oh,
0: there you go. It's got nice. some
1: kick to it, it's fine.
0: That's cool. Yeah, Um, anyway. (laughs) Anyway, Freddy versus Jason. um,
1: Uh, uh, The end of that, there's like the beginning part of that flashback where like before it goes to like his actual backstory where you just see Jason in Crystal Lake just endlessly killing campers and taking them back to the cabin as if it's like, this is all I am.
0: Mm. Yeah, that was an interesting like little bit of psychoanalyzing Jason that was that's like just kind of, oh, it's just kind of sad. It's just kinda of sad, but like the movie doesn't really do anything with it. Like it doesn't really do it. Like that could have been the dream sequence, but they instead decided to just go right into a flashback. And I that's the say dream that, sequence.
1: There was probably more to it in that original script, but they got cut down. Mm. And then like the cool thing with that flashback was those at the very end after Jason wakes up, which Freddy just goes full demon mode. Mm-hmm. Like the makeup changes, he glow- He just glows red. He, yeah. looks, he looks like he is fucking demonic as hell, and it's great. Yeah,
0: yeah that was really cool. I like that. Um, I really like the air canister scene where like Freddy's just like
1: fire the torpedoes, fire the torpedoes.
0: Yeah, and like Jason's just moving out of the way. Like that's cool. Like that's a really cool sequence. Um,
1: and for the record, uh, the whole idea of pulling Freddy out of the dream to bring him into reality that generally is tied to Freddy's loose condition in the other movies.
0: Okay, cool. That's
1: how Nancy beats Freddy in the first movie. I believe they kind of do something not quite in the third movie, but a similar thing with like his physical bones and body. Mhm. Uh I think they had to pull him into the real world in the 6th movie. I'd say they have to do that in the 7th movie, but technically the 7th movie takes place in the real world the whole time.
0: Right, right.
1: But yeah, that that is like an actual thing from Elm Street that happens.
0: Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, and I mean the movie ends on a gigantic explosion. Um, technically, because that's what? when like yeah, that's when like they just explode everything. Uh, well, actually, there is the final kill. Uh, well, not the final final kill, but like when Freddy, like uh, Jason, gets um, Freddy's arm because he sliced it off. But, oh, that we just... gotta
1: talk about the whole that whole sequence because like it's okay, so yeah, cool start at that the beginning, like. like... The, it's so cool that the final attacks each of them do on the other is with their own weapon. Yeah. Because Freddy uh, grabs the machete and just, like, stabs it all the way in through Jason during that final conflict before the explosion. And then, like, for, after Freddy sort, gets out of the water and survives, you just see, like, the two te- the two kids, Laurie and Will terrify that someone's walking there. You just see their legs. You don't know which one it is. The You see the machete. It's like, oh, shit, it's Jason. It keeps panning up. It's actually Freddy holding the yeah. machete. Yeah, he's about to do the final the final attack, and then Freddy's glove bursts through his chest. Jason grabbed the severed arm and just slammed it through him.
0: That's the thing with Jason is like he's so strong in this movie. Like to go back a little, there's that scene where he like takes his machete and hits. Uh, Kia Kelly Row- Rowland's character yeah. and rather like, than just slicing her he just he launches her, into her a tree. <laughs> launches her into a tree and that's how she dies like that's how strong Jason is
1: <laughs> and like oh I, I just love the little bit before that while, while she's smack talking him Freddy just doesn't give a shit and yeah he's just like because he sees Jason coming in from behind so he's just like yeah. he just motions <laughs> like uh, you want to turn around real quick
0: yeah amazing like that's that's where the movie shines
1: because Freddy's just such a smart ass
0: yeah he really is <laughs>
1: like he's the welcome to prime time bitch guy
0: yeah <laughs>
1: Freddy's the one who like popularized the, the the slasher villain with an attitude with a, with a personality
0: yeah exactly. without freddie
1: we don't have ghostface literally we don't have chucky it's like he's literally like where that got popular and that's kind of like where the conventions of slasher movies that people know nowadays come from
0: right exactly exactly
1: it's kind of fitting because, like, you have Jason, who's like the one who kickstarted the, the initial glut of slashers, and mm-hmm. then you have Fre- for, up against Freddy, his big rival, who's the one who basically popularized the second half of the the, the that decade slashers.
0: Yeah, so it's it's really interesting, like the timeline when you think about it.
1: Especially because the final chapter came out the year the first Elm Street came out, which is just funny to think about. The final chapter.
0: Oh, and then the final Friday. Yeah, okay.
1: (laughs) Even though they already knew that wasn't really the end. The movie tells you it's not the end because they set up this movie in that movie.
0: Oh, my God. I just... (sighs) We already (laughs) shit-talked Friday. That's okay. We can keep doing that. (laughs) That's true. We can. We can. (laughs) Everyone does. I know, I know, I know. Um a little actually of last minute uh casting I wanna bring up. Uh so the guy who plays Jason in this movie. Ken is Kersinger. Not Ken, Ken Kis- Kersinger, right? Kersinger? Yeah. yeah. He was actually in Jason Takes Manhattan.
1: Yeah, he doubled for Kane in a couple shots.
0: Yeah. But he was also the chef who like the you remember that scene in Jason Takes Manhattan where like, you know, Oh, like in Jason- the designer? He runs he like runs into a diner and then like this really big guy comes out from behind the kitchen who's he's supposed to be like the chef that's Ken Kurzinger, who's just like this really huge guy and he goes up to Jason he's like hey man and like Jason just totally punches him like behind the bar Um, so it was Jason versus Jason in that one scene Uh, fun fact nice. Yeah, so yeah, he, he had a connection to Friday the 13th before this movie. Um, that
1: That is like a bit of the controversy before the movie though, obviously, because we're getting into it now. Uh, Jason X and Jason Takes Manhattan, not Jason, Friday versus Jason, the 2000s, we had hmm. this handy dandy thing called the internet now. Yes. So fans let them know about, the, so like there was a lot of media fan backlash online when, during the production movie when it was announced Kane wasn't Jason. Kane mm-hmm. was not happy about it, because Kane did get a script at one point beforehand, but th- then Ronnie decided that he wanted someone else for the role for whatever reason, and that's where Ken came in.
0: Yeah, it w- is it ever like really explained why Kane didn't do it? Like it's why like, Ronnie, Ronnie
1: Ronnie Ronnie just wanted someone that looked bigger. Like he wanted someone with more expressive eyes.
0: Do you even He's, really what... see Jason's eyes that often? There's like in this movie? two
1: shots where you see him through the through the mask. Uh, I guess. guess they just wanted to play it more. Jason being more sympathetic, if anything.
0: I guess. Well, I mean, like, look, I like Ken as Jason. I think he does. He does the role really well, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just the that Kane couldn't come back, right? If you're Luckily, gonna do,
1: <laughs> Kane does technically come back in one fashion. He did all the mocap for Jason in the video game a couple of years ago.
0: Okay, that's good at least. Yeah, like honestly, like, but that's the thing is like this is this is the movie for the fans like yeah. they called it freddie versus jason like this is a movie for fans like you want to be as you want to be as fan servicey as possible if you can so like i don't know i mean the fact that this random director just came up with this like uh, i don't know i don't know whatever we're, we're this movie's 20 years old this year we're kind of late. Like it it doesn't matter. Please don't say that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't mention the fact that it's been 20 years. This book was, (laughs) came out with the 25th anniversary of the series. (laughs) (laughs) And also fun fact that this is also the last movie that's covered in the book.
0: Okay.
1: This book predates the, the 2009 film.
0: Yeah. So is there anything else we have to say about Freddy versus Jason then? I mean, uh, have we said I our guess... favorite kill and favorite weird moment? Well, there's moment? Uh,
1: the very ending of the movie that where, yeah. because it's a cr- it's a crossover, you can't kill off either character. So you kind of sure. have to be slight ambiguous.
0: Yeah. So and obviously... depending on how
1: you read it, though, you could read one over the other and you can yeah. probably make the case for either way. Yeah. So the ending of the movie, what happens? Jason walks, comes out of the lake like he usually does, and he's holding Freddy's severed head from the end of the film. Mm -hmm. So it looks like, oh, Jason won. And then it pans over to Freddy's head, and he winks at the camera.
0: And you hear him laugh, like, have, like, an echoey evil laugh. Yeah. So now
1: it's debatable of, oh, is Freddy still pulling the strings? Did Jason Mm -hmm. get the win? And I want to know, because in both the... So Ronnie U does come up in both documentaries for the movie. Mm-hmm. for Crystal Lake Memories and uh, Never Sleep Again. And it's so funny because in Crystal Lake Memories, he does he gives it like the ambiguous thing of like, oh, it's for the fans to decide who won. In Never Sleep Again, he says, yeah, we kind of do it ambiguous, but in my head, Freddy always won. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks ronnie thanks ronnie <laughs> but in my head freddie won yeah thanks ronnie <laughs> i mean like you said it's kind of hard to like really have a winner because like yeah. that's the thing like you can't really kill off both characters that's there's kind also, of their point
1: there's also a really fun quote from him Right, he says like he wanted the uh, Freddy and Jason to fight like as if it was Godzilla and T Rex fighting. Are they gonna hold back? No, they're gonna go at each other. And I'm, I just want to pause there and go like, like Godzilla and a T Rex fighting.
0: Godzilla, like
1: Godzilla, who in his smallest incarnation is one hundred and sixty-four feet tall, versus a T Rex, who is on average twelve feet tall. I don't think that's a fight.
0: <laughs> Ronnie. You had a perfectly good crossover with Godzilla gift wrap for you.
1: And it's like, because he it's like at first I hear that, like, okay, it's a slip of the tongue. No, because that same quote then shows up in like in this book and in everything else. So he keeps repeating himself on that.
0: Godzilla and a T-Rex.
1: <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> What do you mean he did a Phantom of the Opera movie, but he was still in Hong Kong? (laughs) Ronnie. (laughs) Okay, uh, so uh, favorite kill.
0: Favorite kill. I'm going to go with... hmm. Oh, Freddy's death.
1: So Freddy getting the claw through his chest.
0: Claw through the chest is pretty good. Honestly,
1: it's very, it's really satisfying.
0: Yeah. Now, if I had to go with like one of like a real death, I'm gonna go with the mattress folding death. That one's pretty cool.
1: Uh, for me, uh, if not the actual fun finale of the film, then it would be uh the next snap in the corn cob.
0: That's good too. That's good too.
1: And as far as weird moment goes, just the entirety of corn cob rave.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm good with that. Like, that if we want to be more specific, I would go like Jason on fire slicing up people. Like, oh, that's, that's not a pretty... weird
1: moment, that's just a badass
0: moment. That is badass. Okay, yeah, but th- I'm you just know... talking
1: about the fact that these random Ohio teenagers, oh my god, I forgot to bring that up. We'll get to that after. Uh, just about these random Ohio teenagers are holding a big drunk party in a corn maze.
0: Yeah, it was very strange, but yeah, you want to bring that up—the fact. Okay, that it...
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, so after at the hospital, the whole point of going to the hospital is so they can get the hypnosil pills so that they stop dreaming, so that Freddy can't get them, so that they only have to worry about Jason. Mm-hmm. Of course, Freddy managed. One of them falls asleep, so Freddy manages to take control of him and uses trank to put Jason to sleep, so that J- Freddy can get in Jason's dream to fight him and kill him. Mm-hmm. So with Jason asleep the teenagers decide that okay we got to get jason back to crystal lake for some i forget what the reason actually was
0: uh like he he'll have home field advantage they said I it, guess. like that yeah something like that i guess that.
1: so they they put jason in the back of their van and to head to camp crystal lake so they go from springwood ohio
2: <laughs>
1: to crystal lake new jersey yeah. in the span of one night
2: yeah <laughs>
0: uh traffic was a light i guess
1: there's an entire pennsylvania in between those two states
2: <laughs>
1: pennsylvania is very wide
0: oh dude you don't need to tell me twice
2: <laughs> you know
1: what okay i'm gonna what is like an a uh, popular city in Ohio. Uh,
0: Cleveland. Okay, I'm gonna. The place where they released all those balloons. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The worst gonna... ecological disaster ever. The Thanks, fu- Cleveland. Thank
1: you, Cleveland, for Balloon Fest. <laughs> Imagine you're those two guys on the boat, and you die because you drown because no one could find your body because a bunch of balloons showed up.
0: It's okay. Cleveland's no longer the butt of jokes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, Cleveland, Ohio. Directions.
2: I'm swap <laughs> that,
1: uh, Blair, New Jersey, because that's where the first Friday took place. Blairstown, yeah, New, Blairstown New Jersey. New,
0: Blairstown, New Jersey.
1: Okay, uh, driving. If you don't stop, and don't ha- and managed to somehow take the fastest route, even though they'd have to pay tolls. That is six hours and six
2: minutes. (laughs) If you
1: ignore tolls. Oh, Oh, no, no, that route also has tolls. Never mind. So, yeah, roughly six hours to get there.
0: That is half your day. That is not an entire night. (laughs) Because they
1: still have to fight after that
0: exactly it's like and you're in a van the whole time and again it did not look like they were taking major highways let me tell you like they they were were taking taking back roads they were taking back roads so also
1: they still they have to get jason on the van in the first place
0: yeah which would have taken a while because he's a big guy i'd imagine
1: he's very heavy
0: i would imagine that too and uh it does not make any sense. Uh, Which but- is why
1: the movie doesn't focus on it and hopes you forget. <laughs> they hope you forgot that these two places work in entirely different states.
0: Unfortunately, William, you live in the one state separating those two states, so you didn't forget.
1: Well, also, like even aside from that, the fact of the matter is that I've seen both of these franchises and know where the st- these cities are.
0: Yeah, exactly. I didn't know Springwood was in Ohio. But then you said that and I'm like, oh hmm. Wait a minute. <laughs> Oopsie doodle. Oopsie fucking. And that's even doodle. assuming
1: that because we Springwood's not a real place, obviously.
0: Right. And oh I'm- yeah. No, this this is taking into account that this is Cleveland. And Cleveland is like East Ohio. So this yeah. is closer. Like who wants to say that Springwood is not in West Ohio?
1: Yeah. Who's to say that it's not in like Columbus or something? Yeah,
0: or something exactly. Like th- they don't. <laughs> yeah, incredible. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: At least they don't go to Haddonfield too in this video in this movie. Oh no! <laughs> and like, I can't use like an actual Ohio st- state that they filmed. Ohio city that they filmed in as a substitute because I'm pretty sure the first Elm Street was filmed in uh, California.
0: I, yeah I would I I would bet good money it was.
1: I think most of them were in uh, were shot in California.
0: I think so too. Yeah, I would not be surprised.
1: But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so just pointing that one out for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, favorite kill the next snap in the corn cob rave. Uh, coroner's report time.
0: Coroners report time. Let's go.
1: I'm pretty sure this one probably did well just on the grounds of what it is.
0: Production yeah. budget.
1: Twenty-five million.
0: The most expensive so so far. This
1: one also has to make the point of development budget because of that that because of that goddamn ten-year gap.
0: What's the development budget?
1: Six point eight million.
0: Whoa. Because
1: they had to write all those scripts and stuff beforehand. The development budget on this one already is two of the other movies combined.
0: That's so funny.
1: Probably more than that.
0: Probably more, yeah.
1: Uh, principal shooting day is September 9th to November twenty second,
0: two thousand two. Okay.
1: Shooting locations: Vancouver, British Columbia.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, taglines: "Winner kills all." Evil yeah. will battle evil. <laughs> and on the DVD release, "Slicer," "Dicer," because like one one word would be under Freddy, the other would be under Jason.
0: Does Jason dice?
1: I guess. Okay. He slices. He dices. Worldwide so box office.
0: Mm. It
1: makes a point in establishing both of those. Okay. Worldwide. 114,326,122. Wow. U.S. box office, 82,622,655. Mm. Uh, opening weekend box office, 36,428,066. 44% of the box office, rank
0: one. That is the entirety. That is more than the entirety of Jason X's entire box office run. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, you
1: have the you have the grounds that this was the big crossover that's been developed for 10 years. It was two franchises. So you had both. You had people who were just fans of one of them coming to it. Then you had fans of so both of them. The movie I remember was a big deal when it yeah. came out.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: and it had it had a hell of a soundtrack.
0: <clears throat> a
1: hell of a the fucking most heavy the 2003 heavy metal and new metal
0: dude. If honestly, if this came out today, it would not have that new metal soundtrack. So I yeah. am so thankful it came out in 2003. If anything, it would yes. just have
1: a standard orchestral soundtrack it would have like maybe like a pop song during the credits or something
0: oh god i can't i can't imagine it would just be so lame like if it's going to be like trashy new metal like i'm glad it came out in the early 2000s just for that because that is because at least with early 2000s you get that like cheesiness that like the early 2000s did so well like I'd rather the cheesiness of the early 2000s than the cheesiness of, like, say, the 2010s, because... Like,
1: during the t- opening title, where you have, like, when it cuts a show, like, all the blood coming out, you just have that 2000s metal song over the the words Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. When, uh Freddy gets pulled into the real world and he sees Jason for the first time, you just hear that guitar riff going on in the background.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have
1: the the, the Nino song over the actual credits.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It... It it just worked out that way,
1: you know. It's because like some of the other ones also had theme songs beforehand. Like you had that the His Eyes song in for, in the fifth movie. Mm-hmm. So they had like Friday had a lot of like '80s rock, very '80s rock. You had yeah, the Elvis yeah, Cooper song.
0: Yeah, you had the funky uh, theme song in uh, part three. Yeah,
1: uh, Freddie gets to do both ways because like he gets like that kind of rock because he had like the Dawkins song in the first one. There was like mm-hmm. that random nightmare song in the first movie that was, I think it was like Johnny Depp's friends doing that song or something. I,
0: that sounds likely.
1: Because I don't know if you knew this, but uh, similar to Friday the 13th, the first Elm Street had like a uh, unknown at the time actor who became huge later with Johnny Depp.
0: Yeah, no, I knew that. I knew yeah. that. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, and, but then so, r- after the, around the second half of the f- series, after you got the Tuesday nights on the fourth movie, in the fifth and sixth movies... You get, like, fucking 80s rap
2: songs. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you got, like,
1: in one movie, like, the one movie, I think part five had both, like, an Iron Maiden song and a rap song at the same time. Oh, my God. Like, you had Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter with Bruce Dickinson, and you had, like, like, not Puff Daddy, but some, uh, like, Iggy Pop or something in one of them. Hmm. Like, Freddie got both rap and Rock at in the eighties, it was great.
0: That's awesome. It was so
1: che- like you know the Will Smith song, right?
0: Uh, Getting jiggy with it.
1: No, uh, it not, it wasn't in any of the actual movies. But like Will Smith did like an Elm Street song called "A Nightmare on My Street."
0: Oh, I've never heard of this.
1: Yeah, look up "Nightmare on My Street." They found like the lost music video that they couldn't release because of copyright a couple years ago, but like the song's been out for a while. That's funny. And it's a Will Smith song. <laughs> So you know what it sounds like now that I told you that.
0: Oh, I can just picture it already. <laughs> it
1: had to be a nightmare on my street. <laughs> like he had G- DJ Jazzy Jeff was working on it with him.
0: Oh, brother!
1: And like he talks about, we were on Elm Street and Nancy was there. <laughs> Thank you, Will Smith. Very cool.
0: Oh well, always making. So it yeah, Freddie Jason
1: Jason made a lot of money, yeah. and it was honestly. It's a pretty sad. I think it's a satisfying conclusion to both series in a way.
0: I think so, yeah. It's well, a it perfect end with-
1: hell. It's a perfect hell, no, but it's no. I think it's fun.
0: I think the ending shot they had where Jason walks out and he's holding Freddy's head and Freddy's head winks like that's a perfect ending for these characters. I feel
1: and like I, even before I even saw the movie, like I heard people like in school back in elementary sort of talking about it because like this was the one that came out when we were kids. So people were talking mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. I also remember hearing some of the people say things like, yeah, they never show Jason's face. If you see it, you die stuff like that. Cause you don't show his <laughs> face in the movie, which is also <laughs> just such a great way to now to look back in retrospect, knowing, wow. None of those guys ever fucking watched the movies.
0: That's so funny. <laughs> that they is say so things like middle... that.
1: And now that I've actually, though no, this wasn't middle school. This was elementary school. That was elementary. That is. This so is like fourth school. grade.
0: Yeah, no, that is so elementary school.
1: Like hearing them say that, And it's like, wow. Now that I'm adult, I've actually watched the movies. I know for a fact that none of them watched the movies back then. Which, to yeah. be fair, they were children and shouldn't have been.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: But it's just so funny, because, yeah, no, they, they they literally show his face in every movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, actually
1: rare when they don't.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But, uh, yeah, also I had to put the book down now, because for the next movie we're talking about, uh, it's not covered in the book.
0: No. So, William, we've made it to the very last Friday the 13th movie thus far. I say thus far because, you know, never say never.
1: It's like, and they've wanted to make some sense. Like the people who wrote the reboot, who also wrote Freddy versus Jason, apparently they actually like just this past week, like for Friday the Thirteenth last week, mm. they actually like released like parts of like the draft they had written for the unmade one. Mm. Like they now na- that was supposed to like a sequel to this, and like it sh- there was like they showed like a kill scene where like someone was on like a zip line and then Jason walks over. And he's standing at the bottom of the zip line. Hijinks ensue.
0: Amazing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I think
1: if, if it's also like the version that I heard of at one point, they were also going to introduce Jason's dad, which I don't like.
0: No, I don't like that either.
1: I think that that is too complicated at this point.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: We don't need to hear from Elias. I'm sorry.
0: No, we don't. You um, don't need
1: to rewrite the wheel on these.
0: Yeah. So
1: keep it simple, stupid. And I remember at one point, a couple of years ago, my friends even sent me like, an unused script from something that someone had that didn't get picked up. And oh, yeah? it was absolutely a Friday the 13th movie. That's cool. Like it was a decent Friday the 13th script. But of course the actual reason to get into why there hasn't been another one, uh, because once 45 years passed, there's that thing where like certain rights go back to the original writer. Mm-hmm. So some rights went back to Victor Miller. This caused problems with Warner brothers and with Sean Cunningham. And there was, like, a big legal issue battle that went on that only, I think, only just ended recently. And, of course, there's been no movement yet. Right. And it's, like, it kind of put a stop to so much stuff because, like, merch got canceled. The video game got support pulled because of it where they couldn't add to it. So DLC got canceled. That's why Jason hasn't shown himself, like, Dead by Daylight. It kind of just put a stop to a whole lot of things. Yeah. It was actually kind of a miracle that this box set even came out.
0: Yeah, because
1: like, I'm not sure like what gray zone it worked under because I guess since it was just releasing the movies, but they did make new bone new special features for it, which is like kind of like the weird thing about it because like, yeah. oh, I didn't think they were allowed to make new stuff at this point.
0: No, I didn't think that either. Yeah, well, that's what the thi- they did. But here's the th- weird thing about these last two Blu-rays. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Because I was going to mention it, but I guess we can yeah. mention it here. So can uh, mention it here.
1: These two movies, uh, Freddy vs. Jason and uh, the 2009 film, uh, due to licensing with Warner Brothers, they were not actually allowed to make new discs. So the two discs that are in this box set are just the discs that already existed for both movies for a while. So Which if you already if you really already funny. owned the movies on Blu-ray beforehand, it's the same version you already own. Like I had a steelbook of 2009 from 2019 for the 10th anniversary that I already had before this. Mm. And it is the exact same disc.
0: That is so funny. <laughs> I don't
1: know why Warner Brothers did that because they were allowed to do it for Jason Goes to Hell and for Jason X. There were, was new stuff on those discs. Yeah. Like I, f- like Jason Goes to Hell had a new transfer done, and there was like a new. There were new interviews for Jason X. So why couldn't they do anything for these two movies? Uh, I don't know. I don't. Warner Brothers. Know. Be and, consistent. Like, it's lame, but the alternative was that they wouldn't have been in the box set at all.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I'm glad they were included, so then we could talk about them. Yeah. Um
1: Yeah, because like that's the a- the conceit that Shaft actually had to make. Like, okay well, we still want to include the movies in the box set because the whole point of this is to get them in that because that's the thing that the box set is kind of a miracle because yes. like Halloween, the rights are split. Paramount mm. owns the first eight. Warner Brothers owns the second half, the other four. Yeah. So you're never going to get on most occasions an actual box set of all the movies because of the rights. Which makes but this they, box
0: set all the more special.
1: Because they were able to get the the contract cleared for both to have both version, parts of the franchise together. Mm-hmm so I, I'm glad they at least managed to work that out even if they have to like reissue discs and that's fine because I also still didn't own Freddy vs. Jason on Blu-ray yet I had it on DVD because of the one Elm Street DVD set mm-hmm. so I'm glad that, but to get the Blu-ray plus the Elm Street D- Blu-ray set for some reason doesn't include Freddy vs. Jason
2: mm.
1: Like that, the Elm Street Blu-ray set only has the first seven movies it doesn't have the Freddy vs. Jason or, and it doesn't have the remake yeah, which, is which granted, strange. I don't care about the remake. When you yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I care about this remake though. Well, see, that's the interesting thing. So, well, before watching these movies, I'll be completely honest. I think this remake was the movie I was least looking forward to watching because you hear about
1: it's a remake from that era. Yes. It has uh, Michael Bay's name flashes
0: like five times in the opening credits. Oh, dude. When I saw that, I almost spat out my drink because I was like, wait a minute. When they say from the producers of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, They mean the, the 2003 thing. one.
1: And and when this first came out, like people did not like when it first came out. I think mostly just on the grounds of horror reboot. Yes, but recently people have been watching again as years went on and reevaluating it, and most people now feel like it's not bad; it's pretty decent. I and think, when I, yeah, and watching it, yeah, it's not bad; it's decent.
0: Oh yeah, no, definitely. This is not the worst one by far, obviously because Jason Goes to Hell is the absolute worst. Yeah. Um, but even then, like just watching this movie in a vacuum. It's honestly not the worst. Like it does have elements to it that kind of weigh it down and it's you know it is a remake and like everything And it shows the, the it was made in again. Yeah. As opposed to the early 2000s, this is the late 2000s, which is very very different. (laughs) Early
1: GPS, the tech dude, blasting Sister Christian as he's walking to the weed farm. Yeah. I have not heard that song in years. God.
0: God, yeah. So, well... I bring up the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 2003 one, because not only is it produced by Michael Bay, who produced that movie, it's also directed by the guy who made the Texas Chainsaw uh, movie with Arlie Ermey, which also kind of made me fearful because, my God, I hate that Texas Chainsaw movie. It is so boring and so terrible. I've only seen two
1: Texas Chainsaw movies, and they're the only two worth watching.
0: Exactly. No, wait, no, I've
1: seen three. I forgot.
0: That's right. You did watch the 2021. I watched the, one.
1: that's right. I did watch 2022. I called I made a reference to it earlier in this video.
0: Well, isn't that very enlightening? Telling. It's very telling. <laughs> oh. Damn. The
1: two I've seen the two, the ones I've seen and own are the ones I own in 4K if that tells you yeah. anything about those movies. Exactly. That they got 4 ks released.
0: <laughs> well, Let's talk about the Friday the 13th remake. First off, I want to make, I want to, I want to say something that really threw me for a loop, even more so than the Michael Bay credit. They make a specific reference to Blue Velvet. Like, what?
1: Blue Velvet, yeah. What happened?
0: So, what happens? So, in Blue Velvet, there's a scene where Dennis Hopper is the main villain, and he's like toying with the main character, and like he makes, he makes it a, he like or he asks somebody like what beer do you drink and the character goes Heineken and Dennis Hopper says the brilliant line of Heineken fuck that shit Pabst blue ribbon and so in this movie these the dudes surrounding the campfire specifically say Heineken and they say fuck that shit dude Pabst blue ribbon is where it's at and I'm like wait a minute did oh, they just funny. reference Blue Velvet? Like, that's funny. <laughs> what a weird reference to make. Again. This is
1: a franchise for the people.
0: More subtle than the fucking nec- Necronomicon. <laughs>
1: you'd have to have seen that movie to know that.
0: Yeah. Oh, and also, uh, uh the, yeah, because they make a joke about how Heineken tastes like piss. And one of the girls goes, for the record, you will never drink my piss. And one of the guys goes, that's what you think. And I was like, what?
1: <laughs> yeah that's yep uh 2000s this these are college students in the 2000s
0: yeah so the movie starts so the movie starts off with like a flashback showing that showing J- Jason actually witnessing Pamela being having her head sliced off which kind of implies
1: um, that the first movie still happens
0: right this and movie was you, ahead of the game yeah yeah <laughs> So, but I remember you were, like, making that a point, like, okay, why is this a remake, then, if they're yeah, doing like, the exact okay. same? Yeah, like,
1: re-watching it now, like, okay, it does feel more rebooty than I remember, but it's, mm-hmm. like, I feel like with a little tweaking, very slight tweaking, they probably could have just called this part 12. Yeah. And no one would have cared.
0: Right, yeah, because they make it a point to, well because they do show it like happening in like 1980. So I guess that's why they would show that because he's, because like Jason's actually a kid in 1980 and that was not, that was not at all established. And also much like uh, Friday, final Friday, Jason goes to hell. I'm going to be honest. This movie doesn't really do Jason all that well. I like the look of Jason, but Jason in this movie does a lot of things that Jason would never do in any other movie. Now, I'll give the minuscule you know? amount of credit. I'll give the minuscule amount of credit with this movie. It is a reboot, so it can do things differently. Right. So I'm fine with that. It's just there are things it does where I'm like, eh, I don't know if I like that change. But
1: And then there's things that it does like, why does Jason have a bat cave? <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, why does he So first of all, there's a bunch of tunnels underneath Camp Crystal Lake that he just hides out in. Uh okay, like did he dig those? Were those there before? Wh- where did where did this come from? Why why is this here? <laughs> like, huh?
1: So uh, the Blu-ray in the box actually has like a blurb on the back, if you want to re- quickly read that, yeah, we haven't read the blurbs on the back of these at all yet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, they point out: "Terror goes to extremes in this reimagining of the Jason legend for today's horror fan. Enter for the first time the subterranean lair that is Jason's den of fear. See him discover the mask that hides his deformed face." Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah. Well, the other thing that Jason does in this movie that I'm like, Jason would never do that. He is kidnapped he, that girl. Well, he kidnaps the girl and he runs in the movie. Like,
1: well, okay, he ran in the first couple movies. To be fair,
0: right. But Jason at this point is known for walking slowly, right, like, or just that's,
1: like appearing when you least suspect him to.
0: Right. Exactly. Like that's kind of his his thing. Whereas like here, he just runs. It was a little off-putting, I must admit. It kind of makes sense in this movie because, like, okay, fine. Again, it's a different interpretation, but I just found it kind of weird. That um,
1: doesn't really bother me, just because the fact that like the whole Jason doesn't run thing is a much is later in the series, and yeah. it always just feels more like one of those things that fans say.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, c- can I also mention that this is the second movie I've seen. In a horror franchise this year that references Spaceballs.
1: What was the Spaceballs reference again?
0: So let me go back to a couple weeks ago when I watched Exorcist three for the first time, and they explicitly say, "May the Schwartz be with you." Oh right,
1: like, the campfire scene they make say the way the Schwartz be with you, right?
0: So in this, well, they don't even get the reference right. They don't even they they don't even get the reference right because the dude says, "May the force be with your Schwartz," and I'm like, "What? That's not the line." Like what? Why is this the second time a movie in a horror franchise I've seen this year is referencing Spaceballs? Like, incorrectly, I, incorrectly. If anything, I was like, "What?" Is like, you got to understand. I had the Michael Bay credit. I had the pissing. Uh, <laughs> I had the, the the drink your piss line. I had the fucking. I had this line: "May the short, Schwar- be the force be with your Schwartz line." Like. I had the weed line. I had all I had the Heineken Pabst Blue Ribbon line. Like all of these things were piling up in the first 5 minutes and I'm like, "What the fuck am I watching?" And for
1: the record, weren't we talking about that the first op- the opening of the movie here, the first half hour of the movie, which isn't even the main plot cuz this movie has an extended opening.
0: Yeah. Which is, which
1: is basically an entire Friday the 13th movie condensed to 30 minutes.
0: And it's not bad if yeah, anything.
1: Yeah, honestly like I think it's really well done. Yeah. It's I like, like oh, the wow, kills. they gave you an entire movie in the opening of the movie. That's yeah, great. Like, and I like
0: the kills. I like the reveal of our first dead guy, which is the nerd with the GPS when he takes a piss on the weed. Like, his friend tries to go find him because he thinks he's he thinks his friend is, like, perving on him while he's, like, fucking that chick. And he goes to find the dude, and he comes across the weed because apparently there was a subplot where they were going to, like, find the weed and, like, yeah. uh, take it. Well, that's the that's um, whole
1: reason they were coming out there in the first place.
0: Yeah, exactly. And he finds his, his friend's headphones where he was listening to Sister Christian, but the ear, the severed ear is still attached to the headphones. That's a neat reveal. I like that. Um, Jason's
1: brutal in this movie.
0: Oh, yeah. And then that leads into the second kill, which is the sleeping bag kill. Which, as far as this is my favorite kill in the movie. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. It is one step above the sleeping bag kill from part seven like oh i'd they say actua- several steps above several steps above yes i'm that that is fair to say because all all he does is he like traps her in the sleeping bag hangs Tied- the sleeping bag yeah. ties oh, it uh, to a tree and hangs it above the campfire and cooks her like holy crap <laughs> that's amazing
1: like, yeah, she fucking burns to death in that sleeping bag. It's great. And the her boyfriend is just helpless. He's helpless there because he's caught in a bear trap and can't move.
0: Oh, the bear trap is like, at first I was like, a eh, bear trap kind of simplistic, but the gore on the bear trap. Holy Cause, crap. Like dude. you see
1: the bone coming out because he's trying you to see, get out.
0: You see his like, yeah, his, his foot is like ripping apart. It's incredible.
1: 2009. They could actually do shit.
0: Yeah, they could actually do shit. It's really, really cool. Um, and I like the idea that Jason in this scene doesn't have his mask yet. Like he has, it's not a bag like in part two, but it's more like bandaged it, up.
1: It's a reference um, to part two either way.
0: Yeah, it is very much a reference. It's a better
1: um, looking version of the bag.
0: Yeah, because, well, it's not a fucking one-eyed yeah. bag. <laughs> also, like just to
1: look at Jason generally, like you don't, because the movie's very dark, so you don't get great shots of it. But like, if you look at like what he's wearing, it's like, three different j- coats and jackets stapled together. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like some shit he's threw together over the years because he's been living in the woods that whole time.
0: Yeah. Which he has. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it makes complete sense. Like, yeah, I like the Jason costume in this movie. Um, I even... I I'm not sure how much of a hot take this is, but I kind of like him finding his iconic hockey mask scene in this movie more so than the original in part three. Like... It makes a hell of a lot more sense because he just he loses his bandage when he kills a pervy McPerv, who's like uh, hitting on a mannequin in his attic. Um, You remember that scene? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it brings
1: the question of why he didn't find that mask earlier. But, you know,
0: right. But like he comes across this mask in this like fucking attic full of junk it's like okay he's gonna find a mask in there like a hockey mask sure that makes so much more sense and i even like how like the movie makes it a big deal how he like puts it on and like the music is like very atmospheric and really cool like honestly it's a really cool scene i like it a hell of a lot more than just oh shelly had a mask in part three and then jason used it for the rest of his existence To be fair,
1: that's also kind of thing where like the mask actually is iconic at this point in time. So they have to do that. Whereas in the third movie, it was never intended to be special at all. It just was a mask.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's
1: it's one of those retrospect elements.
0: Well, that's the thing. That's the thing with this movie. It is exactly what I was probably expecting the first actual Friday the 13th to be when it came to like, you know, what Friday the 13th is, you know, like. That's the movie, like, this is the movie when you think Friday the 13th and you know who Jason is, like, this remake is probably what you would expect the first one to be, but the first one is not that at all.
1: Right, because the whole, because, again, we, we brought this up in the past, that's like, Friday the 13th is kind of like that thing where it's like, the its reputation precedes it and that's a problem because what its mm-hmm. reputation is was built up over the course of, like, two decades to the point now where people go back to it with these expectations and the movies were never meant to be that in the first place.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, also, uh, another
1: thing with, with uh, Jason this movie, played by Derek Mears, who I'm going to mm-hmm. send you a picture of Derek Mears real quick. Sure. Uh, So that's what Derek Mears looks like normally. Yeah. Apparently, he used to get bullied in school. People said he looks like Jason Voorhees.
0: <laughs> well, Whoa. who's
1: laughing now, bitch? <laughs> incredible. <laughs> so he grew up to literally just become Jason Voorhees.
0: That's incredible. Wow. <laughs> what a guy. What a dude. Um, Good for him. But yeah, like, but like we've said, so yeah, the first 20 minutes of this movie is like an entirely different movie it's like a short film in and of itself it's like the opening to across the spider verse where like the opening itself can be considered a short film because you're like you're like i mean it's not as good as across the spider verse where you're like so engrossed and then like the credits actually start and you're like oh right the movie hasn't even started yet like here i think it works because then like it goes into because then like right when the titles like like comes on it just says friday the 13th i'm like oh yeah the movie hasn't even started yet holy shit like really really cool opening i must say we
1: got an entire movie before the movie even starts
0: yeah and so then the movie actually starts and uh mm,
1: i it's I fine mean,
0: yeah in terms the- of
1: the series it's i'd argue it does some things a little more competently like the one like the main character's whole reason for coming here is because his sister gets kidnapped for some reason by jason for some reason Right. So he's looking for her. So it's like, oh, it's like a better version of what they do in part four with that one guy. Right.
0: Yeah. Because they actually make it a point to show, Oh, it's been six weeks. Like it's six weeks later. It's like, okay, now I can definitely buy this character wanting to look for her as opposed to the timeline in the original where it's like, it's been a day, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> um, yeah. But I will say it's like, why are they... cause like I like the main character enough because I like, that he has some motivation, but like, he's also more he...
1: likable than the rest of the characters who are only here to
0: die. Well, why does they hate him so much? Like the movie makes these characters out to be so unlikable because there's such a piece of shit to him for no really reason. no, no reason. Like that Trent dude is just like, Hey man, lost your sister or something like that. Or it's just like, dude, like, why are you such a dick to this guy? Like you have no reason to hate him. <laughs> like
1: Yeah, it's okay. He's only there to die.
0: Why is the Asian character named Chewie?
1: Because Star Wars reference.
0: That's what I was saying. Like, yeah, me being a massive Star Wars head, I'm like, like Chewbacca? Like, why is that your name? Like, what is happening?
1: It probably isn't actually his name, but that's just the, he goes by, so it's technically his name.
0: Sure, I guess. Oh, and also, uh... Layla from Sky High is in this movie. Danielle Panabaker.
1: (laughs) Uh, is she... Is she like the girl that Trent fucks or something?
0: She's the girl who's the only decent person to Clay.
1: Okay, so she's the main girl until she's yes. not the main girl anymore.
0: Until she's not the main girl anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, yeah. something to point out about this movie real quick. Mm-hmm. Jason fucking wins. Yeah. <laughs> Jason wins.
0: Yeah. Which... They don't
1: stop him.
0: <laughs> they don't.
1: They You think they do because they put him back in the lake. He immediately bursts out, grabs them, freeze frame, credits.
0: Freeze frame credits? Jason wins. I, I was a little worried at first because I'm like, oh, they defeated Jason. But then I'm like, no, wait, this is a Friday the 13th movie. He always comes back. And yeah, he bursts out, probably killing them in the process because, I mean, really, what else is going to happen nothing in that situation? Left. They have nothing left. Like, yeah. No, that's when I knew, like, okay, this movie isn't perfect, but it understands what Friday the 13th is. Even more so than Adam Marcus. But we, we've beaten that dead horse. He blew up a dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, like, just
1: the fact that, because, like, the main girl, like, they hel- she helps helps the guy get his sister back, and then Jason immediately stabs her while she's still there.
0: Yeah, and then she's dead. She's She's just dead. Like, you think she was going to be the final girl? Nope. Nope. It was she's just... also dead now. It was the sister from the first part of the movie. Like, yeah. And then she gets caught by
1: Jason in the end. Oops. Yeah.
0: So there was... Was there a final girl? Technically not.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> There's I mean, no- th- they have nothing left to do... Like We don't see either of them actually die, but, like, what I are mean... they going to do against Jason at this point in time?
0: Exactly. Exactly. It is the perfect ending for... I mean... Considering this is the final Friday the 13th movie we've gotten, it's kind of the perfect ending for the character if they were to never make another movie again. I mean, again, I have no idea if they ever are going to. Like I said, never say never. But like, you know, like for the time being, it's exactly within character for Jason to just come back and still try to kill people.
1: It's not a, it's not a bad conclusion. It's a pretty decent re- it's pretty basic, I'll say. Like yeah. the characters are forgettable, but like Yeah. it's this franchise.
0: I remember certain aspects about the characters, like that one guy has a shirt that says fuck christmas.
1: Yeah, that's weird. I don't know
0: why. Fuck christmas. You have that one girl with the stupendous tits. Um you have the black character Who's like, why do you assume I'm making a rap label just because I'm black? Like, that's not oh, a, what I can't. I'm I can't sorry. like Green Day. It's I'm like, sorry. no. I'll... So what
1: musical are you uh, you're making? Rap.
0: Yeah. It's and like, then he oh. tries
1: to jack off later.
0: To, to a woman in a Sears catalog. <laughs> <Guess> <laughs> the winter this edition. This will have to do. Yeah. <laughs> it has
1: those weird moments, at least, the series is known for.
0: Oh yeah, no. There's a lot of weird moments. There's that scene where Chewie is like walking around the shed, drunk as fuck, and he's just like, Huh, "Trent, you're such a douchebag. I'm, I'm drinking your wine. Ha, ha, this is a great place." And, I'm and then just Jason like, kills dude, him. and then Jason kills him. Like, like we we were all seeing that coming. Like, come there's on. There's a
1: dude. scene like where they're on the jet ski, listening to the "Tick Tick Boom." Yeah, which is a song you haven't heard in a decade.
0: No, I have not. Like, I, I listened to it a couple days ago because when I watched this movie, I don't even remember what it was.
1: Yeah, that's a song I haven't heard in years. Yeah. And, like, and you hear that? The Jesse scene ends and the one guy gets shot in the head with an arrow.
0: That was cool. At first, I thought
1: it was like a spirit gun or something again. No, that was an actual bow and arrow.
0: Yeah, because he has the bow. It's
1: <laughs> like, damn, Jason like fucking slammed that arrow in his head.
0: That was fucking cool. And then, like, she like falls off, and the boat like goes, smacks comes her, in her the way. head,
1: and she's like she... bleeding partially. And then Jason like gets her from under the dock through the head. Oh,
0: that was cool because like you, went like sort of cross-eyed and like lifted her up, and then she like just fell. Fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's the little things this movie gets right and it is really cool. It's just the whole picture. Is not terrible. It's just, uh, it's just, it's too clean. That, you are completely 100% right. It is way too clean.
1: It's too slick. Like that whole era of like horror, that I feel like the only one really gets it right is Cabin in the Woods, which is, you know, a parody. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's too clean. It's too slick. Like it, there's no grit. It yeah. feels a little sterilized. Yeah. Which makes like the parts where nothing's happening a little more apparent.
0: Yeah, very much so, because we don't get, like, we don't get funny strip monopoly moments. I mean, we get occasionally funny lines, like when Chewie's just like, they don't call me the wood wizard because I masturbate a lot, which is funny, but, like, you know. It's not as funny
1: as Tony the Wonder Llama.
0: It's not as funny as Tony the Wonder Llama.
1: But, uh, yeah. The movie's just decent.
0: Well, that's the thing is like I'm I feel like we're kind of struggling to like really talk about this movie in greater depth that we have with the other movies. But it's just because like it's so
1: similar in a lot of ways. And like it is different. It's like there's not much to dissect about what's different.
0: Yeah. And I can't really even say this is like a secret masterpiece. Like I'm shocked. I liked it as much as I did. But I also can't really say this is like some secret like good movie. Like because it's also not that like. It's not great, but it's not as bad as I was expecting it to be. Like, I have a lot of respect for it, I must say.
1: It's fine. That's about all I can really muster to say about it.
0: Exactly. It was better than the movie I watched after it, which was Last House on the Left um, that night.
1: Yeah, uh, I watched that just to break up the movie to see something else. And like, oh, hey, uh, Sean and Wes actually worked on this together. Let's see what Hmm. this was like. Oh, this is pure 70s exploitation. There is nothing here
0: nothing at all i'm and then gonna you,
1: watch 2009 now
0: yeah and then i and then after watching 2009 i was like oh william watched last house on the left with wes and sean working on it let me watch this and w- i watched it and i was like wow this is horrible <laughs> like <laughs> this isn't even like you can't like There's there's nothing to it like last house on the left like probably the worst horror movie I've watched all October. Like even worse than the new Exorcist movie. And that it's... was really bad.
1: Yeah, there, there was nothing to that was very much a wow, this is our first movie.
0: Yeah. So made Which, me appreciate you
1: know, the book does bring it up saying that like, yeah it was just shock for the sh- crystal memory says it's just shock for shock value. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's pure exploitation. It's just for shock value. Like yeah. are not these people horrible yeah, they killed yeah. two girls for no reason, and are now dicking around with their parents.
0: Yeah, Kay. and the one, the one time it was going, it was trying to get interesting, was revealed to be a dream sequence. So it's like, oh, cool! You don't even know how to do that properly. Great, awesome, fantastic.
1: There's uh, there is one interesting connection I can make. Uh, so, her someone named Janie Lee Lee used to make uh these. Web comics called Camp Counselor Jason. That mm. was what if Jason was an actual counselor at Crystal Lake and he was good and he basically, he basically just turns him into a himbo? Oh, it's okay, it's cool and funny. Uh, yeah. and they, she's done like comics where like he does like goes to like other horror characters, like you see him with Michael like at a Halloween party, he's going mm. on a date with Carrie. <laughs> there was one where they actually bring in the characters from Last House on the Left who are like going to Crystal Lake to cause trouble and kill people. And Jason accidentally kills all of them.
0: That's funny.
1: Like, That's and one of the funny. the main guy Weasel gets killed the same way Roy did in part five. He falls out of the barn because Pamela put spikes there. Because Pam, the whole bit with Pamela is that she thinks Emma's trying to actually hurt Jason. So Pamela's still evil, even though Jason's good. That's so funny. she puts the spikes there to try to get the, them later. And Weasel just falls on top of it. <laughs> you ever want that... to see himbo Jason? Go look up a camp counselor, Jason.
0: I must, yeah, no. This sounds infinitely more appealing to me than Last House on the Left, which was a waste of time.
1: And Jason likes uses sign language to talk (laughs) (laughs)
0: because
1: it's still Jason. He still wears the hockey mask.
0: That's funny. (laughs) She
1: hasn't updated in a while, but like it was going for a while there. It's good Mm -hmm. art.
0: That's that sounds bright, colorful.
1: So yeah, Yeah. look up Cam Counselor Jason if you want to see himbo Jason.
0: That sounds.
1: I'm fine. not undersell. I'm not overselling Himbo Jason. No, it is Himbo Jason the mo- the comic series.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, yeah. I don't have coroner's report for this one because the this was after the book came out. It does get included in the documentary, though. Okay. So they do talk about the 2009 in the documentary. Yeah. I should point out, because you guys hear me saying about this documentary a lot throughout this show that's based on the book. Uh, yeah, it, it goes into detail about every movie. I need to stress that. It goes into detail on all 12 movies. It's an almost seven hour long documentary.
0: Yeah, we did not have time to watch it. Um, I've
1: seen it before, I- but also that was years ago. And again, yeah. it's a seven hour documentary.
0: I'd like to watch this documentary at some point. You, know, you when should, I it's have, a good documentary. When I have seven hours to spare. There's also I'll the
1: uh, Elm Street documentary, Never Sleep Again, which is four hours long, going into all the details besides the remake. That's funny. Because that came out in lead up to the remake.
0: Right, exactly. exactly. But
1: also, no one gives a shit about the Elm Street remake.
0: No, no. Uh, from the sounds I'll, of it, I'll I I'll preface think... it
1: this way. I, I have seen the Elm Street remake out of curiosity. Yeah. It's not good.
0: No, no. The, from the sounds of it, this movie sounds like the best case scenario when it comes yeah. to these 2000s horror remakes. Like, it is. I mean, because, like, what else counts? Like, the 2003 Texas Chainsaw movie, the Rob, Rob Zombies, Zombie Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, no. I, yeah. I, out of, I think so I have.
1: Technically, there's like the House of Wax movie, but that's not like an icon movie.
0: Yeah. Out out of I, hear, all the, I hear that one's also pretty good, too. Well, out of the ones I've seen, and that is, uh, Texas Chainsaw Halloween and this one this is definitely the best one like it's not great but it's the one I would sooner revisit over like because I fucking hated Rob Zombie's Halloween and Texas Chainsaw with Arlie Ermy. look I love Arlie Ermey as much as the next guy but he did not save that movie unfortunately
1: uh, so I guess uh, wrap up this movie uh, favorite kill and weird moment I guess we've already kind of covered them
0: yeah sleeping bag yeah uh, uh, what's a good weird moment?
1: Jason having a Batcave at all.
0: I, You know what? That's about as good as it's going to get. Yeah, no, that's about as weird as this movie gets is all right. fucking Jason Batcave.
1: So there's two things we can do now, which do you want to do first? Do we want to um, go over our ranking or do we want to talk about the box set overall?
0: Um, I say we go over the box set, you know, just right. to really establish it. Like,
1: So uh, the box set itself... It's yeah. this nice, good-sized box set. It is it'll go on your shelf well if you have the room for it? It has this, it has great artwork by uh, Devin Whitehead, who yo, does a lot of yo. stuff for uh, Cavity Colors, the uh, T-shirt company. It's mm-hmm. great artwork, it as yeah. the image of Jason's mask on the top. It's a it's a nice hard box, and each movie gets its own case.
0: Yeah. And each uh, of these twelve Blu-rays, which I've been showing, actually, well, in, technically in there's 13. Well yeah, cuz of the bonus disc.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh we sh- we haven't gone over like what's actually included. We talked about the fact that they have reversible covers for the most part.
0: Yeah, that's about it. I mean, I've been showing but, yeah. them in recent episodes as like when like we're talking about the respective movies, I've been right. showing like pictures of the Blu-rays themselves. And but I'll also I... do that in this episode. Do
1: you want to actually go over what's on each disc though?
0: Oh, there's so much though.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but that's also the point of getting the box set. There's so much. That's why yeah. you get the box set. All right,
0: let's because this bonus over.
1: features are in this box set that aren't in later releases, even like the Paramount took like the versions of the movies out on these box sets and re- released something like an eight pack that don't have most yeah. of the bonus features that are in here. The 4K steelbook I got yesterday doesn't have most of these bonus features, and some of them, but not all right. of them, right? So, let's go over this. we have new 4K, new at the time 4K scandal, which are camera negative for the first movie. Mm-hmm. which this is a Blu-ray, so it's not actually going to be in 4K, but it is a 4K scan.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It
1: has both the uncut and theatrical version. Audio commentary with director Sean S. Cunningham, screenwriter Victor Miller, offer Peter Brack, who did the book, and mm. more. This is only for the uncut version. Uh, Fresh Cuts, New Tales from Friday the 13th, The Man Behind the Legacy, Sean S. Cunningham, theatrical trailer, TV spot, radio spot, still gallery.
0: Yeah. Uh, Part 2. <laughs> Oh, boy.
1: Uh, Again, new 4K scan. Inside Crystal Lake Memories, the book. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Friday's Legacy, horror conventions. So, like, going to, like, conventions and seeing how it lives on there. Yeah. Podcast interview with Amy Steele. I believe she was the... That's Ginny, right?
0: That must be Ginny. It has to be, yeah. Uh,
1: theatrical trailer, TV spots, radio spots, still gallery. Part three. Another <laughs> new 4K scan and a new 3D transfer. That was yeah. a big deal. Audio commentary that, yeah. with actors Larry Zerner, Paul Kratka, Richard Brooker, and Dana Kimmel. Yep, Larry did a commentary, baby.
0: Oh, Shelly.
1: Uh, fresh cuts for you, Taylor. Free terror, not Taylor. Mm. Yo, it's a Taylor in 3D. You get your suit <laughs> for free.
0: You get your suit for free. Comes
1: right out of the TV. Oh, there you go. Legacy of the Mask. That's funny.
0: Yeah. Given the context. Given the fucking context.
1: <laughs> In that there isn't any. Yeah. Uh theatrical trailer, TV spot, still gallery. Uh, Part four, new the 4K scan, audio commentary by director Joseph Zito, screenwriter Barney Cohen, and editor Joel Goodman. Fan audio commentary by filmmakers Adam Green and Joe Lynch. Slash scenes of audio commentary by Joseph Zito. J- Jason's unlucky day. 25 years after Friday, the 13th, the final chapter, the lost ending. <clears throat> so like the uncut version of the ending sequence.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Theatrical trailer, still gallery and more
0: and more. And we're only at part four. Oops, <laughs> I,
1: we don't. I can't show you the rest because I'm not going to put this in my player at this point. Yeah. Part five. New audio commentary with actors Melanie Kinneman, Deborah Voorhees, and Tiffany Helm.
2: <laughs>
1: Old audio commentary by director, co screenwriter Danny Steinman, and actors Joseph jo- John Shepard, who played Tommy, and mm-hmm. Shavar Ross. Fan commentary with filmmakers Adam Green and Joe Lynch. New Beginnings The Making of Friday the 14, Part 5, A New Beginning. Mm-hmm. Lost Tales from Camp Blood, Part 5. So, okay. On ran- various random releases, there are these things called Lost Tales from Camp Blood, which yeah. are, like, mini snippets of, like, a fan film or something of for Friday the 13th. Oh, no
0: okay I watched
1: one of them. It's, like, not Jason, but a guy in a mask still. It's, like, a new thing that takes place at Crystal Lake or something. I don't know. I didn't see the first one because it's so sporadically included on things. That's funny. It's weird. Uh, crystal, yeah. the, the Crystal Lake Massacres Revisited, Part 2. Wait a minute. Wait a theatrical trailer, Still Gallery. Mm-hmm. Six. We're halfway new, there. New audio commentary with actors CJ Graham, Tom Matthews, Vincent Guastaferro, Carrie Noonan, and Cynthia Kanya. Audio commentary with director Tom McLaughlin. A, di- a different audio commentary with Tom McLaughlin, Vincent Rostafera, and Editor Bryce Green.
0: They're, Bruce they're, Green, yeah.
1: Wow, that's a lot of the same people in all free commentaries. That's funny.
0: Wow.
1: Uh fan audio commentary with Adam Green and <laughs> Joe Lynch. Jason Lives, The Making of Part Six. Lost Tales of Campbell Part 6. The Crystal Lake Massacres Revisited Part 3. Meeting Mr. Voorhees. <laughs> slash scenes, theatrical trailer, still gallery. Oh boy! Part seven. There we go. Here we audio go. commentary by director John Call Beekler and actor Kane Hodder. Audio commentary by uh, John Call Beekler and actors Laura Park, Lincoln, and Kane Hodder. So, so the, the only difference is that one of them has Tina in it, and the other doesn't. Uh, okay. Jason's destroyer. The making of part seven slash scenes. Mind over matter. The truth about
0: telekinesis. I was very tempted to watch this because I was like, oh, is this going to be like how Showgirls included like a lap dance tutorial?
1: I hope so. (laughs) Uh, Makeover by Maddie. Need a little touch up work my ass. (sniffs) Theatrical trailer still gallery. Yeah, there you go. All right, Manhattan time.
0: Manhattan time.
1: Audio commentary with director Rob Hedden. Audio commentary with actor Scott Reeves, Jensen Daggett, and Kane Hodder. Mm-hmm. new york has a new problem making a part eight slash scenes gag reel theatrical trailer still gallery he mm. has a gag reel that time
0: yeah oh <sighs> you mean the movie <laughs> uh jason goes to hell there we go uh,
1: both unrated and theatrical versions uh, that's something you didn't mention that like jason goes to hell is the first time that since it was the 90s and vhs was a known thing and also mm. Laserdisc, that they were like able to like okay we'll release the r-rated version of theaters but then we'll put the unrated one specifically on VHS. Yeah. So that was like the first time they didn't really have to like worry about stuff getting lost because like, yeah, it's fine. It'll just be all in VHS then.
0: Yeah. So I watched the unrated version, I believe. Same. Because why wouldn't
1: you? I mean, pff, I didn't help yeah. much
0: because it's Jason goes to well, fucking yeah. hell.
1: Uh, new 2K scan of the inner positive. New audio commentary by director Adam Marcus and offer Peter Brack. New interviews of Adam Marcus and actor Kane Hodder.
2: Mm.
1: Additional TV footage with new optional commentary by P- R- by Adam Marcus and Peter Brack.
0: <laughs>
1: oh my God. Audio commentary
0: with Adam Marcus and screenwriter Dean Laurie. All right, we get it, Adam. You have a lot to say about this movie. <laughs> Theatrical trailer, but no still gallery. Nope. No.
1: <laughs> Damn. Uh, Jason X. New interviews with Sean Cunningham and Noel Cunningham, mm-hmm. and Kane Hodder and Christy Angus. Ang- mm-hmm. Audio commentary with Jim, I- director Jim Isaac, writer Todd Farmer, and Noel Cunningham. The Many Lives of Jason Voorhees: A Documentary on the History of Jason. By any means necessary, the making of Jason X. <laughs> Yeah, that's the name of that one, By Any Means Necessary, which I think tells you about Jason X.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Theatrical trailer. Mm -hmm.
1: Evil gets an upgrade. I like these slipcovers for Jason X because the only difference between the two is that the spine is different.
0: Oh, is it? That's the only difference
1: between the two is that the
0: one has the red X and the other just has the logo. Oh, interesting. I like the red if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> well, that's
1: it. The red keeps it uniform with all of them by default. Yeah. I just have it as the default as the regular logo just cuz. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. the only difference from the Jason Goes to Hell reversible is that the one has the tagline instead. And and I guess also the the actual logo on the spine.
0: Yeah, no. I I think I kept it as the red just cuz I just like it that way.
1: Uh Freddy versus Jason. Uh special features. These all the archival stuff on the original Blu-ray, I guess that that's mm. something else we didn't talk about that uh both of the, these last two autoplay and they also have trailers beforehand
0: yeah the trailer before freddy versus jason was for the cell 2 i'm and like also, they made a second one
1: and also it's for whatever reason it's cropped weird
0: yeah 4 by 3 i was like oh i'm home <laughs> i'm assuming
1: it's because it was probably put on both this in the dvd version yes but yeah, uh, special features. Commentary by director Ronnie Yu, Robert Englund, and Ken Kersinger. So you get Ronnie, Freddy, and Jason doing the commentary. Mm. Deleted alternate scenes, including the original opening and ending. at gallery covering the film's development, art direction, makeup effects, stunt work, and more. Visual effects exploration with the creative team. Publicity promotional vignette vignettes which there's if you look it up there's like a fun bit they did to promote the movie where they actually had freddy and jason in vegas where they're doing like a wwe saw way in where they, they shit talk each other
0: oh my god
1: uh il nino how can i live music video <laughs> theatrical trailer and tv spots incredible 2009 college kids ha- I, i'm not gonna read that uh both the original theatrical version and extended unrated cut Hacking back, slashing forward. Terra trivia track with picture in picture. That is such a 2000s bonus feature. Holy shit. Oh my goodness. Wow. The seven best kills. The rebirth of Jason Voorhees slash scenes. God, that the
0: Michael Bay credit. Yeah, that's every movie. But wait, there's and more. There's
1: one more disc case here, which is just bonus materials. Mm-hmm. New. Interview with composer Harry Manfredini. New. Location featurette going over the locations of the first movie. Uh, Return to Crystal Lake. Making Friday the 13th. The Friday the 13th Chronicles. Secrets galore behind the gore. Documentary. Slice and dice to slasher film forever. Documentary. Scream Queens. Horror heroines exposed. You are exposing them? Mm. The, don't the movies already do that?
0: Yeah, I've seen these movies.
1: They yeah, they they they're plenty exposed. Crystal yeah. Lake Victims Tell All, Tales from the Cutting Room, Friday Artifacts and Collectibles, Jason Forever.
0: And I don't think that's every single bonus feature on these two discs because I did watch the Harry Manfredini interview. It was really cool listening to him talk about the music and like, you know, how he views scoring the movies. But then I also watched an interview with Harry Crosby, who's the actor from the first movie who is Bing Crosby's son. <laughs> so and that was funny to watch. They didn't they don't advertise that at the on the back of this one.
1: There's also a booklet at the very end as well included. It's a nice bound booklet and it just goes booklet. over every movie.
0: Oh my god, yeah. Um I just want to mention this booklet. I started reading it. I have not finished it, but I just want to mention it does go into detail over what Gene Siskel did in response to the first movie. And I remember you had mentioned, like, on, like, a past episode, like, mentioning that, like... You How said, they doxed like, oh. Betsy Palmer? Well, you said, like, you know what uh Sis, what Siskel and Ebert did, right? And I'm just like, yeah, like, I said it offhandedly, like, yeah, like, I imagine they just said, like, oh, the movie sucks. But, like, no. No, they yeah. doxed
1: Betsy Palmer. They, they, post, doxed... they printed her address in the paper.
0: Like, holy moly, that is fucked up, dude. You do not do that. Like, yeah,
1: they fucking doxed Betsy Palmer.
0: Like, and they're trying to take the moral high ground by saying, like, this movie is fucking horrible. You like, should sure write to
1: Betsy Palmer at her home address
0: to tell her how
1: disappointed you
0: are. Dude, like, holy crap, that is and fucked like,
1: up. I also saw that, like, oh, and, uh... uh famous monster film and posted an entire summary of the movie before release for some reason. Why yeah, well, would you do that?
0: Well, that's just funny. Like just spoiling the whole entire movie. <laughs>
1: like, Damn. Why would famous monsters did that? Why?
0: Yeah. Well, Aren't that's you On th-
1: our side.
0: Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. Even with all that, I still had no idea that Pamela was the killer in the first movie. So clearly it all just worked out. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, lots of bonus features, William, and I haven't yeah. even watched a quarter of them.
1: Same. <laughs> and, like, other releases don't even have all these either. And, like, this, yeah. I think, doesn't even have everything from all the other past releases, because these no. movies have been released so many times. Yeah. Like, this is not the first time these movies were released you know, on Blu-ray before. There was, like, that tin collection back in, like, 2014 or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm there's
1: like the uh, the famous dvd collection from crystal lake to manhattan that had all the paramount ones for the longest time
0: right right
1: there's like the ones you can get like double passing and get for like the warner brothers movies
0: yeah it was just friday th- friday the 13th up the wazoo man
1: <laughs> they're they did like they did steelbooks for like the anniversaries recently they just put the first movie on actual 4k like a year ago and like they can do two free and four because they have 4k transfers from the shout factory to use Right, exactly. So, yeah, when Paramount needs more money, they'll do, they'll do it.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, they will.
1: Paramount loves to re-release Friday the 13th, 1 through 8. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a really nice box save. You can get it for a good
0: price. Oh, my God, yeah. I which... got
1: it on release because I pre-ordered it, and I also got, like, the big posters, the two big posters they did with it.
0: Hmm. Like I the did one not is the posters, the, po- but...
1: the one poster is just like the artwork you have on the box set, and the other mm-hmm. is like another like a new artwork of the ending of the first movie where Jason's bursting out of the lake to grab Alice.
0: That's cool. That's cool.
1: I don't have room to hang them up, but I have them.
0: No, oh, there you go.
1: They're, like cool posters, you can't get them anymore because they were only a pre order thing.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: But like, you know, this box set was all I heard was all supposed to be like, a limited edition thing. But you can mm. still get it. I guess cause yeah. like I guess like they worked out a contract again to actually keep making it. Yeah, exactly. Because like if
0: people were buying it I mean, yeah, because I bought it. So
1: it now, granted, this is a Blu-ray box set with 12 movies and a bunch of bonus features and a booklet. This thing's mm-hmm. like a hundred bucks if it or or more.
0: It, I'm pretty sure I don't exactly remember the price, but I'm pretty sure I paid like $150 for it at that FYE. I don't remember what I paid, but it was
1: definitely over a hundred.
0: Yeah. So, but I got you know least
1: I got it on release in twenty twenty. But like, yeah, twelve
0: movies, yeah. twelve movies. All this bonus features. Like, yeah, great. Of course, it's going to be that expensive. I, that does not surprise me.
1: You're getting what you paid for.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um. So, do we want to? Well. I guess the, the final note really
1: is just go over the movies and rank them.
0: We'll go. Yeah. We'll rank the movies. I I'll I'll just say this. I think it's pretty obvious. I'm keeping this collection. Like remember, that's what this podcast is, is deciding whether I'm going to keep these movies or not. (laughs) Sure. Um, Sure. That's the point. (laughs) Well, look, look, not only did it cost me $150, but like, I've been watching these movies for the past few weeks now I kind of have to keep this, like, on principle. But you know what? Like, the fact that I still enjoyed these movies as much as I did, like, even though I fucking despise Jason Goes to Hell, I'm, like, morbidly fascinated by it because it's so terrible. It's such an interesting failure. Yeah, I can't get rid of it. Like, all of these movies, I love, I love, I respect, like, even at their worst, I respect something about them except Jason goes to hell. But the fact that I fucking hate that movie so much is somewhat like morbid respect out of that. Um, so yeah, you, gotta, this movie, you
1: have to listen to those commentaries.
0: Yeah, I really do. I really fucking do. So yeah, no, this, this has been an interesting journey with Friday the 13th. I'm so glad I made this, the, the fucking three for episode this month. Was um,
1: this, what was this series? Anything like you thought it
0: would be? no, uh, there were so many twists and turns. It's a hell of a franchise. I'm glad there was. I'm glad there's still movies out there that surprise me. You know, that's franchise for the people, man. <laughs> franchise for the people. Well,
1: yeah, we'll go over 12, yeah. 12, 12 11, and everything. We'll just, I guess we'll both say what our 12th is and go from there. Sure. So, uh I mean, we both already said number 12, Jason Goes to
0: Hell. N- yeah, number 12, Jason Goes to Hell.
1: There really isn't much more to say about that. Nope. All right, at number eleven. I have Jason X.
0: Okay, number eleven. I have Jason Takes Manhattan.
1: All right, and like, we're, I, I, already, I saw your list at one point while I was looking at it. I don't remember where yeah. everything is. I know that we have different placements for a lot of these, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Again, like the a lot of the movies are similar quality wise that you can put them really anywhere.
0: Exactly, exactly. I know I definitely have number one that where it, like the number one is definitely concrete and the number 12 is definitely concrete, but everything yeah. in between, it's just like it can,
1: it, it eh, can change and it like can some change. Of these are gonna be tied to for different yeah. places.
0: Yeah, no, these are def, this is definitely how I feel about these movies.
1: And like, I know I'm definitely in the minority on like Jason Takes Manhattan anyway.
0: Yes, so like as that's a, I don't, as, as I'm yeah, sorry. I'm in the minority with part five, yeah, so.
1: But yeah, that number, I had Jason X and you have Jason X Manhattan. Number 10, yep. part seven.
0: Number 10, uh, the Friday the 13th remake. All right. Yeah. Uh,
1: number nine, I have the Friday the 13th remake.
0: Number nine, I have Freddy versus Jason.
1: All right. Uh, number eight, I have part five. Number eight, I have Jason X. All right. That's higher up than I thought it would be for you. Yeah, I, I had fun with it. It still, it's it has moments.
0: It does have its moments.
1: I wish I had. I liked it more than I do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: number seven, the original.
0: Number seven, part seven.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was not on purpose. <laughs> How would that work out?
0: <laughs> it was not on purpose. I swear. Uh,
1: number six, part three, three D.
0: Oh, part six, part three. Me hey, too. we linked up. Nice. Wow, look at that.
1: Wow, twelve, six, and one. We all have linked up. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> And they're the ones that are all divisible by six.
0: Oh, it's a conspiracy, man.
1: They're all the ones divisible by three. That's crazy. Anyway, yeah. uh, number five, uh, final chapter. Me too. Hey, never yeah, mind. Fuck
0: what I just said. Well, the see, I you I used to have part three rated above part four, but part four has really grown on me. Like I, huh. I mean, not just because Crispin Glover dance, but it is a huge reason why. But no, I part four has grown on me.
1: And I could probably put swap four and five. Uh, Part four is where I have Jason takes Manhattan.
0: Mm. Yeah. Number four is where I have part five, but like I could probably switch that with like part one. Cause like, I probably only put part one up there just because it's like the original and I have more respect for it. But part five is just so funny. Like my man, Reggie, my man, Reggie, (laughs) Reggie, the reckless. (laughs) Uh, number
1: number three. I have part two.
0: Yeah, number three. I have part one. Uh,
1: number two. I have Freddy versus Jason.
0: Number two. I have part two. Freddy. Uh, part part two. The just the the bag movie. Yeah,
1: that that was part number. That was number two for me for a while until I rewatched Freddy versus Jason. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. And number one, part six.
0: Yeah, number one, part six. Easily.
1: That's pretty obvious for a lot of people. That's that's just where it goes.
0: So what were you going to be when you grew up?
2: <laughs> oh, I was going to be Jason. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Know,
1: I like the Korean poster for the remake where it's just Jason holding up like a vacation photo of all the t- all the college kids.
0: Oh yeah, I saw you changed it to that. That's funny. Well, that's just what I had set to for a while. Oh yeah. No, that is exactly the kind of poster I would imagine you had for it. It's it's funny. Yeah, it is.
1: But um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. have the first one ranked at number seven, and yet I, I got my fourth copy of it yesterday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's an iconic movie at this point, so I get it.
1: It 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 earned its place in history.
0: It did. It did. Yes, I agree. Uh, so, God. uh, we, we haven't ended the, uh, we haven't ended the podcast normally in a while. So William, I'd say shout out your stuff. Finally, where can people find you?
1: Uh, on Twitter, you can find me on my actual channel. I haven't uploaded anything in like three years. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. Links in description. Probably
0: links. Re- in description. Remember, what t- remember
1: when Twitter was called Twitter?
0: No, wait. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh boy. Well, William, I'd say that does it, man. We we did it. we talked about every Friday the 13th movie ever made thus far.
1: Hopefully they'll uh, get to make the 13th one.
0: Yeah, I you know what, even though I'll never get rid of this collection, I will I would love for them to make a 13th one. Just because it'd fact... be
1: called the Fur One.
0: Yeah, exactly. You you have to. You have to. I don't know if it'll be any good, but honestly It can't be worse than Jason goes to hell. It really can't. I that would be the that would be the most disappointing thing in the world. <laughs> it really would be. <sighs> but thank you so much, William, for joining me on this Odyssey of Jason and Friday the thirteenth movies. It's been I, it's been really really something special i must say uh but yeah i i don't really know what else to say other than thank you all for listening uh and always remember uh no i got nothing there's really there's really nothing to remember just what
1: were you gonna remember when you grew up
0: <laughs> see you next year for nightmare on elm street <laughs>